Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Separated by centuries, and yet, this same pictogram was discovered in every one of them. They're smiling. I think they want us to come and find them. We're all here because of a map you two kids found in a cave. Not a map. An invitation. From whom? Please tell me you can read that. picking up. It's reading life form. What do you mean a life form? Oh, the head. 
They're changing. Changing into what? They're moving. These things moving. What is that? There's a ship. They're leaving. To go where? Earth. It was so wrong. Take us home! If you don't stop it, there won't be any home to go back to. Why is that door open? And uh, we are live. Welcome oh. to Movie Sucktastic, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> Excuse me, pardon me there. Is my cohort Scott. And I got a, I got a mucus ball the size of a fucking <laughs> ball stuck in yeah, my throat. You know, I got the same fucking thing. It's uh, crazy. I blame the air conditioning. I blame the air conditioning. I blame lack of. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, we, we, are, we are here fresh. From the disastrous, painful, soul-wrenching uh, experience of sitting through Prometheus. Now, uh, Joey, if I may, yeah, uh, we, we decided to launch right into the Prometheus here. No dicking around with top tens or anything. Correct. We're just going right to the meat. And I, I want to start out by prefacing that last episode, if you listened in, I kind of knocked us off track a bit with my cinematic confession that the film John Carter, which bombed horribly and looked like a huge disaster and yes. had every indication of a bad movie, I ended up admitting that I liked it. Yes, you did. With Prometheus, <clears throat> that will not be an issue. <laughs> oh, really? There will be no replay of that. I, I actually started Prometheus with the fear, oh my God, what if I like this too? I mean, what if I start this trend of like liking all these films that really we don't think are going to be well? And after... After 20 minutes into it, I was like, there's not a fucking fear in the world here. This is just... <laughs> now, are, you, you didn't like it at all? Nothing nothing stuck with you at all? You're scaring me with that. You're scaring me with that question. All right, you want to know the truth? What's the truth? <clears throat> just say, no, Scott, lie to me. No, here's the truth. <laughs> and um, uh, if anyone's wondering, uh, Alien is playing in the background, uh, not Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to go with that because obviously Prometheus is in the theater, and I well, I'm not lucky enough to have attained a DVD copy screener from Ridley Scott himself. He's not returning my calls. Yeah, better not. Fuck. <laughs> this is the guy. This is the guy responsible for a Blade Runner, correct? Correct. Alien, right? Mm-hmm. The fuck. And and, and I'll, you'll find as you watch the film. Prometheus, occasionally, every five or ten minutes ago, this little voice in your head will say, what the fuck? <laughs> because you asked me if I enjoyed any parts of the film. Right. Let me say this. Opening shot of the movie. And I want to go through this. I want to go to this Tosh.0 style. I want to fucking... My goal here is to ruin this film for everyone listening. Okay. Right? The, um, a spoiler alert as far as... It's a weird spoiler alert because, as you will attest to... There are no surprises in this film. No, there really isn't. You, Everything is laid out for you perfectly. If you can't follow this film, you may not want to watch film. 
there is really no confusion from uh, confusion from beginning to end about this movie. Well, if you're if you're not a anyway, film buff, <laughs> uh, if 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 you're never mind, I, mm. I we'll get into that. But okay, yeah, there are no surprises. This film is a two-hour exercise in déjà vu, especially if you are a Ridley Scott fan, which yes. again makes you think, what the fuck? So opening opening shot of the film, wide expanse. And let me make sure. Oh, by the way, our chat rooms are live. I'm in charge of them, so of course they're fucking empty. So if you're <laughs> watching now, get on the fucking chat room and and yell at me, please. Uh, I'm manning make another Facebook post. Just point everyone I, to the live stream again and just they're say they're there. I can't do any more. I'll, I'll do it every 15 minutes or so, but they're up there anyway. Hmm. Uh, opening shot of the film, right? Yes. Majestic scenery. Um, Beautiful what, scenery. Waterfall. You know. What we're supposed to be taking as like prehistoric Earth, I guess. Thirty-five thousand years prior. Right. So that's um, what we, it's supposed to be. So then we we uh, the the music swells as we come to of all things a spaceship hovering over it, which not a surprise. Right. Uh, we then see a a monk robed figure walk to the edge of the the waterfall. Yes. Uh, pulls the robe head back. Uh, and, and it's he's got, ripped. It's. I it's, mean, this guy's doing uh, you know push-ups. Like, like you wouldn't believe. This is a huge white guy, with and, and <laughs> it reminded me of the movie Powder. <laughs> uh, it, if Powder was the Incredible Powder mm. Hulk thing, yeah. whatever. And the the faces, I guess they went for okay. All all alien life forms are larger than us, humanoid, and have the mumps. And the yeah, because they're all just thick thick faced. We can't even do real good makeup anymore. It's just okay. Just make make their face their their. That faces. was complete CGI. That wasn't a real person at all. It, well, it, it, even worse. I mean, makeup is not even involved uh, in that. The design of the alien, then. We'll fine, go there. Fine. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into Ridley Scott's cavalcade of fucking lies shortly. <laughs> but I, I use real I use real uh, special effects whenever I could. I mean, whenever you were fucking too not lazy enough, you know. It, it, Did you... Um... Read, read that quote? Oh, we use we use oh, live right. action wherever possible. Oh, the one scene where you have a, like a, a real alien, in, as opposed to shut the fuck up. What a what a whore. What yeah, a line. I, I read that uh, there were a lot of sets, but you know that's just all acting stuff. Anytime there was anything involved with going out outdoors in the caves, interaction with the aliens, it's all CGI. Anything where they have to touch something, you know. Like the and bear- what I have on the screen now, I have the original alien. That film uh, obviously doesn't use CGI because they didn't have it then, but it's all animatronic. It's all puppetry. It's all a guy in a rubber suit. Right. You know, it's all of that. And so, so Scott's big sell trying to say, oh, I'm Mr. Old School now, was that he used puppetry and animatronics whenever possible. If whenever possible means every so often, yeah. Yep. Hey, I use it more than your average director, which might be true. Right. He might actually use puppetry and animatronics more than the average director. It was can't, it was, can't take it away from him completely. Yeah, you can. It, it's it's like the thing prequel. <laughs> yeah. Where they say, oh, we used you know we didn't use CGI unless we had to. You mean unless you wanted to make it look like shit? Because that's what you did, and that's what it looked like. And speaking of Ridley lies, did you? I was looking through the little trivia stuff there. There's the he had a quote where he said that. Um, because they always try to play up the reality of it. Oh, it's right. so realistic. The sets are so expensive, they have to justify why the movie costs so fucking much. And he says, the, uh, the, crews, the crew quarters and all the sets there, he said the the crew could actually 
live there and sleep there at night and live there during the filming. But it mentions they didn't because of health concerns, which means (laughs) they couldn't. (laughs) Which means they couldn't. No, you fucking liar. Everything. Waterfalls naturally come off of floating rocks. It makes sense. Yeah, him and James Cameron, they're buddies. They were trying to write a script for this, for the prequel, years ago, like nine years ago. And, of course, it got scrapped. And Ridley Scott made, like, four other bad movies in the meantime. Uh, so, anyway, we get the so anyway. just waterfall. We have the, yep. we have the, uh, I'm telling you my, uh, if I like the film or not at all. The, the waterfall, the hovering robot. The, the alien comes out, he ceremonially, uh, there's a little ceremony where he takes the lid off this thing and drinks this weird substance, right. which starts disintegrating him. He falls into the water, and we go in for a CSI close-up of his DNA just crumbling and, and dissolving into the water, and then a close-up shot of DNA forming back together. Thus, the film has demonstrated, first of all, this melding of religion and science— and a chariots of the gods effect of our, aliens. You know, our maker, creator, however you want to say it. Right. Uh, and, and came from these aliens that visited Earth 35,000 years ago and is thus the reason why we are here today. Right. So it's a mixture of theology, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, the origin of man, it's um, from there their is, body, from our body. There uh, is no now, God, it is only aliens. Well, that doesn't mean that's not a God, it just means that the aliens came here. Uh, they could have, you know. Well, no, the, the, well, the Bible we'll says we'll that man is created in the, the the face of God. Or we'll, no, we'll get into that later. Yes. Okay. But what I what I do want to say That's is wrong. this is a nice scene. It's a beautiful scene. It speaks volumes without telling, mm-hmm. and and it has you know a theological philosophical underpinning to it. If you enjoy that, if you like this moment, if this thrills you. Get up and walk the fuck out of the theater, because this is where it ends, right there. Everything from here on after that is uh, ham-fisted. Uh, it, all you have is, is uh, dialogue that's that's completely unrealistic. Uh, tons of exposition, and the philosophical musings are uh, childlike. <laughs> Everything you really that, didn't like this movie at all, dude. I I am insulted to no end. Wow. I didn't I I can't say that I liked the film, but I don't think I disliked it as much as you. Well, wait until I tell you why you didn't like it. Oh, okay. you're going to tell me why? Okay. You'll you'll That that always works out well. Well, <laughs> this will be one of the things where I'm going to point out a couple of things you're going to go, "Oh, I didn't think of that." And that's going to be it, and you'll say thank Did you. Did you notice that they used uh Dan O'Bannon in the film at one point? Who? Dan O'Bannon. Who? He's the original writer of the film Alien. Okay. He, he is like synonymous with Alien. Okay. How do you not know this? All right. And and how do they use him? It, it, well, they just said, uh, I don't remember exactly, but they said, oh, did you hear what Dan O'Ban said? They uh, just, they shortened his name. And it was just kind of like this little ode to Dan O'Bannon uh, in the film. That's was well, it, it was kind of their way of saying, this is as close as we're going to get to a good script. by oh, mention- And by the way, Dan O'Bannon is also the creative mind behind Return of the Living Dead, by the way. That's where I recognize the name. Thank you. Okay. You know I'm bad with names. I know I you. Could, <laughs> I couldn't find my space goggles, so I tried these, and these are hurting my eyes. So I, I remember must... uh, seeing those in a, like, 50s catalog. Those are supposed to be, like, x-ray glasses, right? No, these are not x-ray glasses. Are you sure? They're they're not the... Yes. I mean, it says x-ray vision on the side, but these aren't that kind of x-ray glasses. Different thing entirely. Hold on a second. 
I want to see if I can find the picture I'm thinking of. I don't care if you find a picture. No, I know. I want you to wear them so I could put up the picture next to you. That's not what they sold <laughs> as X-ray glasses back then. You're belabor. You're you're distracting me from my point here. So uh, we have the origins of man in the first scene. Yeah. Technically, we've kind of given away the ending. So so automatically the film has set us up for the twist not being a twist. No surprise. There we go. Uh, <laughs> from that we go to what year was it? When the, we have archaeologists digging through caves. 2094, 2094. Is, the, is the year that they're uh, they're going to well, the... What, two, what it took the, two years to get there. Okay. Well, so some like 2080-something, I think it was, when they find the uh, paint, painting, the cave painting. Um, and there's... Well, no, because at the end of the film, she does like a, uh, a verbal diary and says it's 2094. So it would be 2092 I'm, when they flew out there. What I'm all right. Or 2091. Dude, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Before the ship sails, they find the cave, right? Yes. Okay. There we go. We, we agree. They find the caves, and there's paintings in it. And in the paintings, there's a lot of circles. And a oh weird wait a minute. You're right. I, no, I'm sorry. You're right because they put a date up of when they're you know excavating this cave and all that. It was 80 something. It was 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had to raise a trillion dollars to even fund the mission to get there. So I yeah so I'm right right you are correct I know that <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it now uh, so we have the archaeologists they find this this uh, painting and like oh wow this is great and it's an alien pointing the stars we know where that's going the film saves us <laughs> the the agony of following everything beyond that and just takes us right to the ship yes I was very happy about that <laughs> that that was <laughs> they actually they go to the ship and wake up and puking up whatever fluid that they're they're well, li they're living in. First, cryogenic first, chamber. First, we get ten minutes of uh, Ziggy Stardust. Uh, <laughs> we we get Ridley Scott trying to do two thousand and one. Uh yeah. And uh, it's sad. It's not sad. It, no, it's sad because this it's, isn't it's 2001. not. Well, you know what? You know what? Two thousand and one was done before two thousand and one. It was done well, and everybody and their fucking mother has copied it since then. Also done years ago, that was done well, Alien. Right. And like <laughs> that, everybody and their fucking mother has copied it since then. So why Ridley, Ridley Scott has decided at this point in his career he should copy two things that have been copied to death already, one of which he did himself the first time, is confusing. It's not confusing. Yes, it is. It, oh, it's, listen. <laughs> I'm not defending it so much in the fact that it is technically an alien prequel in some f small way it's not in a very large way at all it is a prequel though yeah it is the origin somewhat okay it's kind of like it's kind of like a 60 40 if you really think about it it's it's 60 percent of these aliens uh creating us going to this planet creating this germ warfare to, to then want to wipe us out because they they hate us uh, to that germ warfare turning out to be what becomes the alien uh, or alien, you know, alien that we know later on in the film franchise. It's a prequel. Now, yeah, this, yes, this, this, this well, take away here. take away that whole part of of the germ warfare. It's not an alien prequel. It only is because of that. No, it's because of that, because the fucking aliens and the people that were there, and there's actually pieces of the fucking sets from Alien are in it. Pieces all right, of all right, sets all right, all right. from that, that, Alien Okay, I'm talking about storyline and plot. 
That's scenes, what I'm talking about. Scenes from Alien are in the movie. Why would you now? You, you're 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 hurting my. You, you're hurting me on the inside. <laughs> and and this is bringing me to another cinematic confession. I have to I have to confess this. After watching the film, do we need uh, music? We don't need music. No, no, no. 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 Okay. It's a small one. It came on late at night. For the first time ever, I've actually engaged on the IMDb message boards. Uh, oh, really? Because out of curiosity, I started reading the message boards. Should of the I film. go and, and start looking at those? No, nothing too crazy happened. But but I I, I stumbled upon like, obviously a bunch of fucking idiots. Uh, and uh, and did a lot you of create them... a new thread, or you just posted on some? I just posted on somebody. Oh, okay, because there's one here. Is it possible that the crew were intended to be stupid and incompetent? I thought that might have been one of yours. I, I'm looking through them, and I came across a couple of them. And one of them, of course, was uh, there's five kinds of haters. And this this idiot is like, hey, these are the five kinds of people that didn't like the film. And none of them equaled someone that didn't like the film. It was all, oh, either you're too into hardcore sci-fi, reality sci-fi, or you're too hard into fantasy stuff, or uh, you're just you know, you're know, just a guy who's afraid of a strong female lead. He says, listen, asshole, you like strong the film. Strong female lead. Yeah, I, I believe there's a lot of people on this. I thought the cesarean scene was pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that. We're not there yet, but the no, reason I'm not. mentioning that is because one one person I bumped into on there that I commented on a couple times, uh, their argument was uh, I mentioned the whole thing that you can't do a prequel, uh, and the, the, here's the big problem. And, and, and I mentioned that Star Wars is a good example of this, and someone said. Well, there's no no. There's, that's an unfair comparison. No, it's not at all. And you back me up on this. You <laughs> what was your comparison? You can't do a film, right, or a series of films like Star Wars or Alien, and then 30 years later do prequels to them, and have high, more technology, more advanced technology in the prequels than you do in the originals. That is a perfect example, because Thank it always it, it always tends to be that way. Why does Yoda look? Uh, like the way he does in the new Star Wars films where he's a puppet in the originals. You know, when he's moving around in the originals, his ears are flopping around, you know, and his head is bouncing. But in the new films, he's CGI'd and looks perfect. Well, even beyond that. And and I understand that it's, you know, puppetry back then. But you're right. Well, go beyond that. Go beyond that. Well, no, hey, you're right. I know, but go beyond what you're saying, not just the special effects. Uh, in order to make everything look flashy and cool, they create this technology and this stuff within the movies that does not predate technology in the original film as far as what exists in film. Like, they, like what they're using when Anakin is a kid, what they're using in this ship, you know, hundreds of years before the alien film, should not be more technologically advanced than those films. Exactly. Like, for and, instance, in this film, there's a lot of, uh, like, uh, tablet-type devices and touchscreen this and uh, hologram on the wall, that. and uh, Hologram. Ho fucking holograms. And, oh, and, fuck. and just, just seeing Alien on the screen in the background right now, not only do they not have any of that, and the film Alien is obviously way, way, way past the this film. Um, not only do they not have that, but they have old... Uh, old EVGA screens, which are the screens that are just completely green, black and green text. Right. That's the technology they have in the film Alien. So the, he could remain true to the, the technological advancement as far as the timeline there, right. or he can just pour as much shit and fucking holograms into this as possible and then have no real basis for it. So, but and that was my argument and the people are idiots, but then this one other person comes in and this is why you scared me. He said, 
I don't consider it a sequel. I consider it a connection. <laughs> connection? You can you can bend as far as you want to not call it a prequel. It's a fucking prequel. We're not. You can call. I'm, I, I'm, I I I will I'm, agree that it is a prequel. I'm but... fine, okay with the reboot thing. I refuse to fucking call a film a connection. <laughs> you can even say homage, and I might give you that, but it's not an homage. Right. No, I, I agree that it's a prequel, but I do agree somewhat that it is. It doesn't have to be a direct. It does not have and to be it's a not. direct. And I think that's where I'm sitting with it, is that it is not. Uh, you, you don't see your traditional aliens in this movie at all. Uh, you see a f slight form really? of it. Really? Uh, well, you see the little worm things going through I the, saw, the caverns. I saw, I saw different variations of face huggers. Is what I saw. Well, yes, that's what I'm getting at. The, well, those become the aliens later. The, well, they don't become. They obviously, obviously, the intention. They're is part of the germ warfare that the the, the right, original, so they're gonna have different the creator, the engineer. Right. They're uh, gonna have different types of germ germ warfares throughout. Yeah. Yeah, I'm look. look uh, everyone watching right now, it's just it couldn't be more technologically just back in time than what we're seeing on the screen screen right now. It's just a computer screen with orange text going up, going. It's terrible. You want to talk? You want to talk technology of Prometheus? Sure. Let's talk about technology of Prometheus. All Rubik's right. fucking cube done. Rubik's cube. Rubik's fucking cube. For when they wake up on the ship yeah. and they get out of the whole uh, cryogenic thing, gee, and then every, and now all the cryogenic people are in the cafeteria talking. I haven't seen, seen this, this scene, scene before. before. Sure. Wow, well, oh, I'm 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 riveted. And the tough guy spurns the the uh, the nerdy guy. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. I wonder if they're going to be friends before they die. Um, <laughs> they're going to get into something together. Wow. Can we, and it's although like, I thought he was the smartest character when they're in that, when they're in the, the oh, cave, what, which, which guy, oh, you mean the geologist, the, well, the guy that likes rocks, that guy, the geologist. Yes. And he's like, uh, I'm here to study rocks as a dead body. I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> Almost, I, and yeah. of course, you know, they get lost uh, later on. But the fact that he's like, you know what? Stay here all you want and fuck around with the dead body. I'm leaving. I'm going right. back to sleep. Wake me when this shit's done. <laughs> yeah. So after they have the little breakfast and we introduce all the characters and all their... And since we don't have any time for character development, because this is, after all, a film about fucking alien. Surprisingly, only two hours, by the way. Not surprisingly compared to, like, when you look at how much character building there is in the film. And we need to spend all the time building up tension that's not there because we know the ending. Um, well, yeah. So we, we do brief uh, brief introductions to these very cardboard stereotypical characters, and then we go to the debriefing where everyone learns why they're there. Little yep. voice in the back of your head should be saying, "What the fuck right now?" So these they're on a trillion dollar ship. They spent two years in cryogenic uh, sleep, whatever. They're how now? How far away did she say? Like five billion miles. You know what? I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm pretty sure that whatever she said is like the distance between us and Saturn. It's like it's I, like I think they didn't even bother the, like the fact check how, what the distance is. Oh, really? I could be wrong on that. I'm not a scientist. I just pretend to be one on TV. But <laughs> the uh, so these people uh, are being paid to do this job. 
Uh, they, they spend two years in cryogenic sleep, go into God knows where in the universe, high-risk job. No one told them what they're doing. No one knows what's going on until now. Yeah, she actually said that uh, for everyone that I hired personally, they probably knew what they were doing there. They and then they use a fucking temp agency. Right. <laughs> Is, are things that bad in the future? It might be. I, you know what? To be honest, I would never sign up for something going into space where I'd be in cryogenic, uh, a cryogenic state for two and a half years because they were up there for two years and four months. 15 days, 38 yeah. minutes, 12 seconds. Uh, and I would never sign up for anything unless I knew exactly what I was going for. I, I can see it now. The unemployment office and the geologist guy is sitting in the back throwing paper uh, roll paper balls at the uh, the scientist up front with the glasses. And then the bailiff comes out or you know whatever. The guy in the wheelchair at the unemployment office comes out and says, I got a couple of jobs for you. It'd be great. Come on over here. Sign up. <laughs> we have no idea what job we're going on. We're hired for expertise. So, of course, we haven't been briefed at all on what we'll be doing when we get there because why not, why not just learn two days before we go down and start prepping then? <laughs> and, of fuck? course, they, had to, they went out of their way to say it cost a trillion dollars. Right. Because we, to us, a trillion dollars is like, wow. But in 2094, you know, it could be a drop in a, uh, you know, drop in a bucket, you know? It's it's the uh, it's the insurance payments that kill you on that. Yeah, trillion dollar yeah. shit. Yeah, I'm sure what? it's interest yeah. rates are in double mm. digits by then too. Trillion dollars. Okay, whatever. Again, let's throw They're a simple number out there, as simplest numbers possible for our audience. Bucket of shells. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, so, what the fuck? Ahead. So then, so then your futuristic uh, hologram thing takes up the entire room, and here's our benefactor comes out in a hologram display. Oh, fucking jerk off at the hologram. This is amazing. Which is Guy Pierce, by the way. Why the fuck would you hire a good actor? Put him under all that bad old age makeup. Bad old age makeup. Yes. And just just hire anybody. Who cares? Hire fucking John Larroquette. He's out of work. Give him a job. John Larroquette. So, so the guys. So you know. And so in the hologram, asks the people to come up and stand next to him, and and introduces them and walks away. So, ooh, hologram thing. So then, Mister uh, Mister uh, Archaeologist pulls out, playing with his Rubik's cube, puts it down. Beep beep beep. And pops out, and now we have hologram projections everywhere. And he's he's maneuvering them from from behind because somehow this thing can tell where he is. And all this is coming out of a little uh, little cube. That, but it's Rubik the Amazing fucking Cube, projecting holograms. Yeah. And I bet their excuse. Now, hear me out on this, Ridley uh, Scott. I'm sure we could find it somewhere written. I'm not even sure if we could. I'm but sure. Their excuse would be very plain and simple. Be just because it wasn't in the film Alien. Or aliens doesn't mean it didn't exist. Mm. That that's going to be their excuse. If a fucking archaeologist can afford a Rubik's cube, amazing hologram thing, then the fucking mining ship can afford real monitors. Well, of course, but that that's going to be their excuse. Oh no, of course. All these monitors are CRTs. <laughs> I, I can give you another. I can give you another excuse. Yeah. But the, what you're failing to acknowledge is the fact that it's a it's a ship built by a trillionaire, quadrillionaire. And so, of course, it's going to have more high-tech stuff on it and this and that. Shut up. <laughs> Don't not buying it. All right? And here's the thing I'll even go further with. Hologram of the old guy. Hologram of the, uh, the different paintings. Oh, and by the way, I love this whole idea that all the different paintings across the planet had the same astrological symbol with the guy pointing up at it, right? Yep. And then they say, oh, maybe it wasn't uh, – they weren't calling us. Maybe it was a warning not to come. 
<laughs> right, because when you warn someone not to come somewhere, you give them directions. It's fucking genius. I think that's yeah. You know, I I totally agree with that. Well, how could you have misread that? Of course, of course. But how if this super advanced race, and they have to be super advanced because they came in and created us. They're flying interstellar spaceships before we even existed. Let's give them some credit. They probably evolved a bit beyond that. In all that time, when now this, you know, uh, Colonel Sanders Extreme comes up with his ship, and we have all this hologram stuff. If the super advanced alien race that created us, the chariots of the gods created us, are right. so advanced, how come their holograms are shittier than ours? <laughs> and don't give me any of that, that, that uh, like, dusty optics bullshit. No. It's dusty optics. No, not dusty optics. <laughs> Maybe they didn't, uh, you know, maybe they didn't care so much about that. Not big TV watchers don't care about their holograms. The only, they only didn't care so much about holograms that they recorded everything they did. <laughs> so, of course, they're not. Uh, maybe it's like a security camera. The holograms rewrite themselves every 12 hours. Who knows? There you go. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, no, no. It's, it's a perfect example. I think anyone that thinks that when a prequel, something that takes place before the original looks better in any way, that should definitely not sit well with other people. Or it shouldn't sit well with you or anyone. You know, when you watch this, you shouldn't say, you sh the, the movie looks amazing. Let's just get that at, right out of the water. It looks amazing. I'm okay? Not I'm not impressed with that anymore. Because money, money, buys, money buys pretty windows. Yes, it does. That's but it. the movie looks amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, it just it visually is stunning, and it shouldn't be. Maybe all of the stuff on the planet, like the dust storms and all that crap, maybe they could get away with that. But you're right. Everything inside the ship, everything inside the cave, every everything that the engineers are doing, the holograms, that should all, if it's a prequel, it, not only should it be comparable to Alien, but probably should look worse. Than what was in Alien. Yeah. Because this took least, place, let's say 2094. Let's just say 2090s. Uh, Alien takes place when? I think that's another, f I, and don't quote me on it because I'm not sure, but I think it's another 50 to 100 years after. I think. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look it up. But. Don't, don't care. Well, I'm just curious. Care. <laughs> really don't care. Uh, but her. so so after after this uh this whole uh debriefing uh yes. oh here's why you guys came and we've already learned that uh the 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 one the geologist doesn't like the scientists that the two other scientists are in love oh and thanks to David Bowie walking around the ship we uh reading people's dreams <laughs> so we have technology to read fucking dreams now as a yeah. casual side glance we now know about the uh the the one scientist what is, what kind of scientist is she she, is she an anthropologist or the well, guy was an anthropologist she was uh I don't know what the fuck she was she's smart enough to know medicine so uh, maybe she was another anthropologist archaeologist archaeologist so he was the yeah. anthropologist right and I think so though. it doesn't say in the wiki I'm pretty but sure he yeah, was an anthropologist yeah yeah so so those two love each other mm -hmm. uh, uh yay they love each other. And, and we know that she has a past with death, and she has this little catchphrase now. That's what I choose to believe in. Thank God we set that up, because otherwise I'd be confused to death. <laughs> and, 
I need to know that she got that philosophy from her father who later died of Ebola. I need to know that. Why? Because that's more exposition we can put into the film to make it look like we're actually giving a shit about characters. Yes. Speaking of David Bowie. Uh-huh. What the fuck what the fuck's the what was the whole point of him watching Peter O'Toole films and gaining affectation from them? Now I don't mind, believe me, it's the it's the closest thing we came to a real character in the film was the robot. And yeah, really and, sh- and I I actually like uh Michael Fassbender. Oh, he's I think, great. I, I think that's his name, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. yeah, Michael Fassbender. He was in um uh Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. He was um, actually, he was quite amazing in *Inglorious Bastards*. Um, he he was also in the new *X-Men* uh, Origins film. Oh yeah, he played which, Magneto. He, right, he was great in there too. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the scene in the bar in that film I thought was mm. awesome. But anyway, well, yeah, you're right. Uh, his character is. I mean, it's the android character. It just happens. <clears throat> to, to every alien film has one. You know, every, so every Ridley Scott film has one. No, it was in Cameron's film too. Yeah, but Lance Hendrickson, come on. I know, I know. Um, but and again, do we have to do this every? Everyone has to have an android on it, or replicant, or sim, whatever the fuck you want to call them. And you know, it's just the signature Scott. I mean, even going back to Blade Runner. So, and how come it's so much easier for them to write a kind of a real? The, he's now. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think they were all good performances. I think everyone did good performances in the film. If you take away the fact that what they had to work with, everyone acted well. There was no bad acting in the film. No, no. They, everything. You're right. Everything was very good. Asperger is amazing as the, as the robot, and he's the only one that has any real depth or complication to his character. Uh... You agree? Yes. Oh, okay. You had to look that up. No, no, no. I'm looking at like <laughs> the year that Alien takes place, and it says the sequels, Aliens, and Alien Three take place in 2179. So it is roughly um, like 90 years in the future. So I mean, 90 more years after this film. So you you gotta you gotta think that they had to take back technology ninety years to be accurate. Mm-hmm. There's no way Alien should look the 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 Alien from 1979 <clears throat> should look the way it does if Prometheus <laughs> looks the way it does. Right? No, definitely not. Y- you know. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, <laughs> it also says Disney's The Black Hole takes place in 2130. Oh, well, good. <laughs> I don't know why that's even on the same page, but whatever. Um, the so after the little that little bit, they mm-hmm. go down to the planet and yep. immediately, immediately find the location of uh, the alien ship. That's right. Well, they don't know it's a ship yet. They don't know it's a ship yet. By, they just, by the they, way, that that's a spoiler. They figure out it's a ship. They pretty much figure it out as it's taking off. Yeah. Uh, so they immediately find it. They immediately drive out. And, and here's the technology, too. They have these little silver balls you can throw up in the air, like from Phantasm. And they they fly out, and they shoot little red things everywhere, and they map the the caves, right. right? Yes. If you've got those fucking things, and you have the technology to create human-looking androids, why is, it, why is your first contact team a human team walking into unknown caves? <laughs> why isn't it a fucking little robot carrying those silver balls? 
let's let's walk into uncharted territory, and while we're there, we'll, we'll take precautions. This is planned out. By in the way, fair, in all fairness, way, just about every movie makes that mistake. So, but, but still, these are supposed to be smart people that spend a trillion dollars on a ship, and is that well? We these people out here. Should we protect them? Not nah, send them out first. And by the way, worst first contact team ever. <laughs> right behind maybe Sphere. Uh, just just worst team ever. Not prepared. Yeah, pretty for pretty bad. Pretty bad. And again, I mean, the two guys they get lost. I mean, they didn't go in that deep. How do? Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> How do they get lost in a straight tunnel? Right. It just everything looks the it's same. Straight. When they're yeah. walking around, walking around, walking around, everything looks the same. We've been here already. It's I don't know, understand how you did this. Someone could say, hey, and it was, oh, you're over there. <laughs> I'm coming. It's a straight line. If you look at the map they're doing, they walk in. They walk in like 20 feet, straight line, throw the balls up left and right. It's a straight fucking hallway. You walked by. Well, the, the ship is in the shape of a U, so it's it's not difficult to get. I mean, it's not easy to get lost. It would be difficult, actually. They, they had to have walked by the exit. Oh. Oh, and by the way, yeah. um, why are you leaving? No, no, no. Oh. There, there is no doubt in my mind that they intended to get a PG thirteen for this movie. Oh no, no, I just. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. There the is no doubt in my mind that they were going for a thirteen. They were trying to create hype. Give me a reason. Give you a reason. Well, no, uh, they weren't trying to create hype. What happened was they put it in for MPAA, thinking, oh, it's an easy PG-13. Then we, when they get an R, Ripley starts crying like a fucking two-year-old. And then as soon as the media focus on it and say, hey, look, Ripley's crying like a fucking two-year-old, he goes, oh, wait a minute. Because now, now, like he set himself up for this fall where if I complain about this now, people will think that I cut it down if we have to get a PG-13. Once he did that, he couldn't go for PG-13 because everyone would say, oh, he compromised the film. So he had to pretend it was a big decision, and they say, "Oh, I was never intending to compromise the film." But you, you, tell no. me, tell me, tell me why you think it was PG thirteen? No, I don't think it was a PG thirteen. No, no, intended. Why he intended? Tell me why you think he intended it to be PG thirteen? No, I. Well, no, what I'm saying is, I don't think they. I think they said they intended to try and get a thirteen, no. but absolutely did not intend on getting a thirteen whatsoever. I'll give you two reasons why it's obvious he was trying to get a PG thirteen. Okay, two, go ahead. Two reasons. One, if you're not going for PG-13, if you're going for a hard R, if you're going for a science fiction R, yeah. even if you're pulling back on the violence, you don't have to show a lot of blood. That's fine. You don't bleep out fuck. They did bleep that out at one point. You don't bleep out one fuck. It if came in. It, it, yeah, it came in staticky. So go tell them to go themselves. Yeah. Two. Yeah. <clears throat> when you have the two characters giving, but each they other did say fuck later in the scene. Where? When they are when they got lost, they they bleeped out a fuck because you can only have so many fucks. True. So you keep the one fuck you bleep that. Here's the other reason why. But when the, when the two are given okay. the the finger to each other, yeah. They did the British one. They gave two fingers. Did you catch that? Yes, I did. But right. No. Okay. The one guy is British. So, but go ahead. There is there is nearly not enough swearing in this film. Well, because the violence is through the roof when there the, is violence. There wasn't that much violence. No, nah, no, no, no. I, I think there. I think there was enough. Well, I think there was. Arm. There was enough. Well, I think there was. Pl I think it was way too hard for thirteen. And I think any 
competent director would know that. Ridley Scott has directed enough R-rated films because he doesn't do PG-13 movies. He just, he doesn't. Dude, it's a mental deficiency. Find the last PG-13 film that he's done. I can't even think of one. Dude, it's a mental deficiency. I'm telling you what happens. You work in this industry so long where no one tells you no, you stop, you lose that filter that that shows you what reality is. He went in there thinking they were going to give him a PG-13. I guarantee. Uh, Otherwise, why throw a hissy fit afterwards? Why do you go to the media and go, oh, the MPAAs, this is ridiculous. Why even do that? Why risk it and have to go back and correct yourself unless you're being a whiny bitch because you didn't get what you thought you deserved? Fuck him. He's another one of these elite Hollywood guys who think the world, you know, everything they shit is solid fucking gold. And if you're talking about competency of a director, this film is argument against that. I still don't think they were going for a 13. Okay. I, I just I don't. I think right. they were what they were what they did was they made the film they wanted to make. They made it as violent as they wanted to make it. They, they did were, not. They pulled back on the violence so much, Joey, it's not even funny. Uh every all the violent shots were click quick splashes, cut away click. There was no lingering on the violence. I don't know, man. I, I think it was violent enough that there's no way any anybody putting together a, a screener. To, to give the MPAA, the director puts one together for his producers. There's no way anyone go walks away from this go, going, eh, I could see this getting a PG-13. No uh, were, fucking way. Dude, when, when the MPA is in your back pocket, when how often does the MPA like, like battle against big Hollywood? They don't. That's why the big joke is when you watch uh, a film that has like sex stuff and the MPA gives it the slash on it, you compare right. that to like, the violence like a diehard. How come that didn't get an NC-17? It's the big fucking joke. It's the mainstream films that get to do as much as they want. I think they saw an opportunity. And to... and there's no there's also no confusion that as long as it's like a war film or a sci-fi film or an action film and not like a horror film, you can get away with twice as much violence. Right. That's fact. Yeah. But I think they, in my opinion, I think they saw an opportunity to uh, create or try to create some hype around the film. By... It was negative hype. It was negative hype. They had they had to go out and actually assure the audiences that we won't compromise the integrity of the film. You don't do that because you're trying to make people think maybe he might, you know, you, you, you say that because you suddenly realize you, you've sown doubt into an audience I think that you're it expecting did, to bail you out. I think it did better its opening weekend than they intended it to do. It did uh, a little over 50 million, I think 51 million. I think it was projected to make anywhere from 35 to 40. Mm-hmm. So... Although I think if it did end up getting that PG-13, it probably would have had about 15 to 25 million more. Uh, it probably would have had closer to a 70, 75 million dollar opening weekend. So the fact that it was rated R, I, I do believe it did lose money. Um, and based on reviews that I've read, people either love it or they hate it. That's really the way it's going with the film. Guess which side I belong on. <laughs> I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Dude, I had to bring you to my side. Do you need more? Do you need more? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. They, they uh, so the 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 other scientist, the the smart, intelligent scientists get mm-hmm. lost in a straight tunnel. The other ones escape. With uh, these are all I, I. These are all little th- like that. That's a little thing for me. They get lost in a straight tunnel. It's little. It is a little thing. How I the mean, fuck did they get lost? It, it sets up a cool death scene. You don't. You don't. You don't need to be stupid to set up a cool death scene. You just set it up. And talk about set, talk about setting up a scene. There could Jeez. be lots of you know like little tunnels and whatnot 
in the straight area. I, listen, dude, nobody said that they're just because they're scientists. Nobody said that they're smart, dude. Now, don't get me wrong. Getting lost in a straight tunnel. Yeah, I, I could see that's that's stupid. But nobody had nobody said another, that they're smart. Also, if these are all scientists and these are archaeologists, anthropologists that have been on digs and been in dangerous areas and been in countries that have storms and have stuff like that. Right. Do they all really say, oh, there's a storm coming. There's something dangerous coming. Let's all work as hard as we can for the next minute because we'll never get in here again or say, shit, let's be the hasty retreat, retreat, come back with more tools and be able, and, and take our time getting our samples because they're precious. No, hurry up and hack that fucking head off quick. What the fuck? <laughs> really? And, I, and again, it, it's have, supposed to storm. build tension it, but it, for the storm false, coming. It's a false tension, too, because, oh, gee, are they going to get out of the storm? I wonder. Oh, the two guys get left behind in the tunnel with the strange alien stuff. Are they going to die? Well, let's, let's put it this way. I'll defend it on that only for the reason that if they're in the, let's say they're in the cave. Don't, don't do, don't, don't make the face. I'm listening. I you're, li listen. you're listening. Okay. Listen, uh, just because it, it's, it makes more sense to do, let's get out of here and then come back. Doesn't mean that's going to translate the film. Good. It, it, it's going to maybe more or less come back as being more boring. It's like, Oh, they went all the way back to the ship. They waited a day. Oh, they got more tools. Oh, they went back to the cave. And then they got their samples just to bring them back to do what they could have done what? if they just hurried and got the hell hey, out of there. Lazy screenwriting. Give me something believable. There's a, there's a, there's a sandstorm But coming. what I'm telling you I understand. is that they weren't going to do that. These screenwriters, if they were to write it the way you suggest, it would have been worse. No, that's been better. No, no give me, give me <laughs> a believe, dude, give me a believable threat. Don't give me a threat where it's like there's a storm coming. Quick, come! Oh no, we don't have any time now. Let's belabor the fact and, and waste less time. No, it makes no fucking sense. Give me a real threat. Give me something that comes up out of nowhere. You know, give me something. You know, spend some time thinking of something. Okay. Give me, give me a reason why. Give me like the guys. The guys went off and they, you know, they they thought they saw something else and they were investigating that and they got sidetracked. So then all of a sudden. Hey, we didn't hear the comm link say that there was a storm coming or, or they were further away. Give me something a little believable. Okay. So then we have the, you know, mad, they have the mad rush back to the, uh, ship where of course someone dives for the head. They have to save them. Uh, <laughs> uh Billy, yeah, she, uh, she just pretty David dumb. Bowie saves the day. David Bowie saves the day. And, you know, if I knew you were going to keep doing these David Bowie comparisons, I would have I would have picked Ziggy Stardust how, as, as how our music. How can you music. not? Man to fill the earth, anybody? All right, I'm done. Well, let's just, can we, let's at least pattern, and, and again, great job as an actor, best character in the film, still need to, and why set up the Peter O'Toole thing? Why set up, like, a good movie with, like, with a great actor and then lead us into this shit? Are, are you that confident in your your filmmaking abilities? I guess so. You know, uh, when he's on the bike and he's on the bike circling around and he flips the basketball and he starts spinning it on his finger, mm -hmm. I didn't look it up, but I'm sure there's trivia somewhere that that take took him like 46 times to get it because he refused. They they refused to have a CGI basketball for the shot. Great, good for him. <laughs> Too bad he's that's, an actor and not an athlete. You know, that's, then that's, that's something to me. That's dedication right there. Yeah, if it was dedicated. He would have slept on the. Uh... On, on the uh, set, which is safe to sleep on, except when it's not. Uh, yeah. Now, um, yeah. 
m- more examples of bad screenwriting. Right, Give ready me. to come in. Go right uh, ahead. So we so we have the anthropologist who spent his entire life trying to prove that we came from aliens, right? Yes. They come to the planet, and they find the dead aliens, not live ones. And right. so he's immediately a sulking child, drinking in a corner. Oh, I didn't get to talk to anybody. What? <laughs> what? I wanted to talk to one of them. I mean, you know, we're here now. We have a pile. You know, they're gone now. I, you know, he didn't get to ask Just the fact that he found they found anything, he should just be happy. Yeah, you 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 found the origins of life, proof to it, and she's trying to show him. Say, look, dipshit. This is it. This is what. This is like the golden grail of uh, or holy, holy grail. grail of like you know scientific discovery and everything. Yeah, but you know it's not what it wanted. <laughs> Thank God he <laughs> fucking poisoned him. Good for the robot. I'm 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 on the side of the robot on that one. That whole thing. And and then again, the the, the theological philosophical discussions in this film yeah oh this is like being in philosophy 101 again in community college it's just why am i listening to this (laughs) when when the when the old man introduces him as an android gee i didn't see that coming (laughs) and then goes out of his way to say he can live forever but you know he 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 cannot he can't appreciate that because he lacks the one thing we all have which is a soul I'm glad you brought us up on that because I'm sure these people who have lived in a, in a world where these replicants are commonplace never thought of the idea they don't have a soul. Thank God you mentioned that because why would you even fucking mention that? Well, the fact that he's saying that we all have a soul uh, is based on standard religion, not being created by some engineer, which is the reason why they went out there. And, and you bring this up during a debriefing about because... <laughs> I'm not just saying it's not wrong. I'm not saying it's not. Fa- I'm not saying it's factually incorrect. I'm right. saying not the time to bring it up. You know, and then so then the, you know the David Bowie and the the, the mopey anthropologist have a little back and forth going about. Oh, gee, you know, I, I I didn't meet my master, so I met my master. How do you think I feel? So I think you feel pretty crappy. Well, this I'm going to poison you now. And then they go through <laughs> that whole thing. So the anthropologist. Well, he, said, he asked him what he would do to find out, and he said, "I would do anything." And then that's when he poisoned them. Good for him. Fuck him. <laughs> so then he whines to his wife, knock, you know, knocks her up. Then he wakes up the next, again. Here, little what the fuck in the back of the head. He wakes up, goes to the mirror, feels like shit, looks in the mirror, and there are worms crawling out of his eyes. Uh, and, yeah. And uh, so, normally, what a person would do would go, they, they'd say. Holy fucking shit, there are worms crawling out of my eyes. I need to see, seek medical assistance. Let me run to let me run to the nearest med bay and say, please, for the love of God, I have worms crawling out of my eyes. Instead, <laughs> he says, okay, well, I'm going to go to work today anyway. You know, I can't afford a sick day. You know, yeah, two and a half yeah. years sleeping. You know, that, that, does, that, that doesn't rack up the sick time, overtime anymore because you don't get paid medical leave in the future, I'm pretty no, sure. No. And decides, let's go, let's go on. What the fuck? The, the shitty part I can understand. If he's like, "Oh, I feel like shit," go on. But then we have to pl- we have to we have to play with the CGI. Oh, I have worms in my eyes. Ah, uh, worms. Lost me there. You lost me there. <sighs> you lost me with worms in my eyes. Oh, and of course, while they're sleeping, the two scientists die. Uh, spoiler alert. And um. Uh yeah, what happens is um, the germ warfare uh is living in in the cavern in in this viscous waterish dark liquid stuff and it comes up and a guy just keeps talking about how beautiful it is 
Oh, it's beautiful. You should see this. Oh, it's beautiful. And then, of course, he calls. He's like, uh, he's like, come here. You know, it's like it's a fucking kitten. And uh, the one guy, the British guy who I like, uh, he's like. It was the, the Scottish. I think it was Scottish. Was Scottish. Okay. Um, he's like, uh, he was the guy that said, you know what? Study dead bodies. I- I'm leaving. He goes to the guy. He goes, uh, how, how do you know that thing is safe? He goes, oh, it's fine. <laughs> and he starts playing with it. And, of course, it latches onto his hand, swirls around, you know, like an anaconda, breaks his arm, um, and, and then out, makes its way into his suit. Now, point out the fact that the face was like a face hugger kind of thing. It was, it was a face hugger. It was it a was, variation of it. Absolutely. Right. And then when the other guy cut it to try to get off him, it bled acid. And, of course, <sighs> right onto his face, killed him. It's like, that was a cool scene, though. I like that scene. It was a cool special effect, yeah. And then, of course, the thing... I, I can't get enough of uh, long cylindrical objects going down guys' mouth, going, going in guy, men's mouths and down their throats. I can't get enough of that. <laughs> I, I'm like, every other scene is, is a long tube going in some guy's mouth, and I'm thinking, give me more. <laughs> Man, this reminds me of a film I saw last week. This is awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't talk about it. And... <laughs> I just can we can we so so we keep doing the whole we keep we keep doing the whole alien face hugger variation thing. Uh, everything that pops up is a variation of a face hugger or squid like. And yep. ah. ah, and again, oh, and also if you're going to create these um, these uh, engineers, no, 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 no. If you're going to no. create these uh, indu- uh, the biological weapons. Germ warfare, yeah, biological. Yeah. If you're gonna create these biological weapons and 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 line them up in neat little rows, right? Uh, maybe the triggering device really shouldn't be light. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to control that. I just took one idiot with a flashlight that could set the whole thing off. Not a good idea. And speaking of holograms, yes. When they watched the video of the holograms running, yeah, through the the caves. Why do they all? Why does the one run? Why do they run into the room with all the biological weapons? That's where they find the head. Where the guy tripped? Yeah, right, right. Shouldn't you be going in the other direction? Just a thought. Oh, and how do they get in that room, by the way? I don't remember. David Bowie played Simon Says on the Stones. Oh, yes, that's correct. Because David Bowie's been studying uh, ancient alien ancient languages for the last two or three years, so he can now operate any alien technology within a few seconds. Yes, he especially can. especially when they're all Simon Says based. Yeah, they asked him when they went in the room if he could read it, and he says perhaps. Perhaps, yes. And <laughs> and my favorite, of course, is when he gets to the engineer uh, main ship station or whatever the hell it was. Right. Uh, I guess cockpit. Uh, and we see the hologram, and how do they run their their, their ship? Pan flutes and boiled eggs. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, why is he playing the flute? Have you ever tried to make a button out of a hard-boiled egg? Uh, no, no. It's fucking hard. Because <laughs> they don't push that well. No, they don't. As a matter of fact, uh, they train... Um, uh, hockey teams to, uh, to to have soft hands by controlling eggs instead of hockey pucks. Hockey puck this. And <laughs> so, I so, had to throw hockey in so there So the somehow. big, the big like, 
20-foot alien gets in the cockpit and goes, squish, 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 squish. What the fuck? I wish I could have seen the creative the creative team that came up with that one. Well, we have all these hard buttons up into this part. We should change things up. We should do a twist. How about soft buttons like 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 Jello or hard boiled eggs? <laughs> I think that they probably were having a meeting around the craft service table. That's my guess. <laughs> oh, you think that's what it was? Yeah. And then of course their cockpits and their like their seats and everything are gonna look just like stuff we did we did on Earth when we built our ships. Their cockpit hmm. is gonna have like a control panel around them, just like ours. Do and they're when they get into the big uh, seat, it's going to look like a big cannon thing, of course, obviously, because uh, they dissolved in our ocean. It only makes sense that everything that we do doesn't look like theirs. <laughs> I'm watching uh, the chest burst scene in Alien with uh, uh, John Hurt. There's a surprise scene for you. There's <laughs> a what the hell's going to happen scene. You know what's you know what's not a surprise scene? What's that? Oh, so, spoiler alert! By the way, just turn the fucking thing off if you if you, if you actually give. You're a talking shit. about Shut the up. very very uh, very end of the movie. No, I'm talking like the beginning of the third act. The whole the old man's alive and on the ship. Oh yeah, who saw that coming? What the hell? Gee, and and and, and oh oh, and the other reveal that Charlize Theron is his daughter. Who saw that coming? Oh my! There's that pause father ridley lose the fucking pause we know <laughs> I, I, the, the, if you don't know already by the time she says i didn't want to debate with you in court for years she's either married to him or related to him <laughs> here, here's the here's the fun one i found another genius on imdb oh boy. I, I'm, I'm like i i feel like i gave myself a, a cesarean like laughing so hard at these things the uh the guy said, uh, "Oh, here's the here's here's his big, you know. Oh, I, I read deep into this film because they're trying to give depth to a film that has no depth." Right. He says, "Here, you know what it is? She's not really his daughter. What it is is she when she talks about uh, he's like the father figure because he's so rich and famous, and when she talks about him being like the king and dethroned, she says father just to mock him." What? Jackass! If you're if you're talking to someone and talking about them being like a a, a king, uh. You don't say father to mock him. You say your highness. And you don't really stroke the hand of somebody you don't know that well. Right. I, and, and and just the fact that she was talking about this, this, suing him in court. I mean, it, it's this you is can't just sue anybody. <laughs> well, you can. But. Well, no, no, no. I know. But uh, you, on, on, on good grounds, I'm related to you. You're my husband. That's pretty much how you can sue that person. This is the level... Of sophisticated, intelligent thought of a fan of Prometheus, who not just someone who liked the film, but someone who is a fan who is defending it against people like us. Right. He's like, oh, you don't, you just don't get it. No, I get it. You're a moron. She's her his father. I knew this when the hologram first came up, and he said, "Oh, David, the closest thing I have to a son." Gee, I wonder why he'd say something like that, and why we would show it in a reaction from her when he said it. Could there be a reason? Yeah. Fuck you, Scott. Fuck you. You're wasting my time. <laughs> Give me some kind of complication that's not a, a non-complication. The medevac thing is only designed for men, but it was in the woman's cabin. I wonder why that could be because her father's on there. <laughs> can we go back and watch Lawrence of Arabia with David? Ah. <sighs> 
That would be cool. How about that? If, you, if, if the movie started with that with David, and then the, fil- and the camera just like pulled into Lawrence of Arabia, and we stayed there for the entire Lawrence of Arabia. And he did the audio commentary. And then the ship crashes at the end. <laughs> what the? Uh, do we want to talk about the end? Like uh, things that lead up to everything. the end? Everything. What's up? Well, she gets knocked up by her uh, worm eye boyfriend. Yep. And then, oh, and then. Well, they preface it with that she can't get pregnant. And then David Bowie, as you like to say, tells her she's three months pregnant. Gee. Or her symptoms are that she's Gee. three months pregnant. She, she brought up that she can't get pregnant before they had sex. Could there possibly be a connection to this? <laughs> There's not a uh, line in this I can't film. create life. Now. <laughs> All right, let's do it, baby. Ah. Oh. Fucking now, <laughs> so they go out to the ship again, right. uh, and they find the dead bodies. They come back. By this time, he's like sick, and so uh, Charlize Theron, uh, Major, whatever the hell, what is she? It's just like I forget her name in the film. I have the thing. Uh, up. I have it up. Her have, name is Meredith Vickers. Vickers, that, Vickers, that's right. Um, what's nope. up with what's, what's up with David's David's? Uh, we'll talk about the suits in a minute. So Vickers grabs. The flamethrower, because they didn't bring any real weapons, they just brought, like, overgrown welding torches. <laughs> Why would you bring any real weapons? They brought, Fire like, looks cool. Yeah, well, oh, we're, you know, was the one guy with it? He said, oh, you know, we're we're here for your protection. Didn't bring a real fucking gun, asshole. Why you get, why you get a fucking torch? So she so she doesn't want... The well, she does the smartest thing in the film. It's like, uh, he's sick, he ain't coming on here. No, she does the dumbest thing in the film. She says, there's a guy I don't want to come on the ship... Open the door. No, you don't do that. And then when the guy wanders halfway on the ship, you don't torch him on the ship. So maybe so like his burning, diseased body uh, can burst out of its burning suit on your ship door. Well, the reason why the door was open again was to build tension and confrontation. But uh, it's if still- they did it all from inside from a sealed door, it. I'm telling you now, as but, as as bad as a film is, it would have been worse. No, again, ten, building tension and, with, with stuff that doesn't make any sense. And who the fuck gave her a gun? I know she just walked by and picked it up. Do these guys like keep track of their weapons? She should not be grabbing a fucking gun. No, I don't care who she is. Uh, and would that thing have even torch. even a fired on that planet? I I mean, again, maybe that's why it was flamethrowers because they knew that fire could burn there. Was, I don't uh, know. It was oxygen, but it was polluted oxygen. It was like our planet's going to be in about fifty years. <laughs> or 84 years 83 years 20, 25 if we're lucky 25. Um, and uh, this so planet far- has 100 years of air <laughs> 25 the way he runs it <laughs> <laughs> what's that from? Spaceballs Spaceballs? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't care for it but it has great lines in it it does have good, some good lines um, but anyway but, but, and, and, and I'll tell you right now when she torches uh, the other anthropologist or the archaeologist's husband. Right. I'm thinking, great. So at some point in the scene, I'm going to. What I want to see now in the film is a point where casually, out of nowhere, she just like reaches out and like stabs her in the neck. Oh, yeah, no. Or she's just like, uh, oh, can I see that gun? Yeah. Bam, 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 like, like eight times in the head. Something like that. I want to see something. Don't do that and then set it up to, oh, gee, she's gonna, she dies this way. Great. What, I have to wait for like natural incidents, a natural incident to occur to kill her. I think what they were trying to go for was her coming to terms with the fact that he was sick, 
and even though he was torched, okay. that it was probably for the best. I if think was, that's what they were trying to go for. If she was that logical, we wouldn't have had the last line of the film, and I can't wait to talk to you about that one. Uh, <laughs> so she comes in, then David, uh, being manipulated by his, his father, oh, and don't you love the whole scene where they reveal that the old man's alive? And what's David doing? Washing his feet. Yep. And then... Yeah, you can't then, get more biblical than that. Jesus Christ, you can't get more biblical than that. And then I'm thinking, okay... Could you get any more blatant about it? He actually has David say, "Your feet are all clean now, sir." So, but I can see he's cleaning the feet. We're watching. We're watching him clean the feet. He doesn't have to say, "I'm cleaning your feet." We don't need that. I get it. Ah. <laughs> and so, and so he he uh he pulls the old and gee, what film have I seen this in? Uh, every Alien film. That's right. He decides, okay, we're gonna put her back in cryogenics with the with the feed with the uh, alien fetus in her, right? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, back yeah, yeah. Cryogenics. What is it? The uh, sleeper thing. Cryo Cry cryogen. Cryogen. Okay, but yeah. cryogenics is for dead people. But yeah, same thing. Uh, the cryo sleep. Cryostasis. So he, I forget what it was. Yeah. So he sets up the same thing for her that they tried to set up for Ripley and aliens, and tr they tried to do an alien again. The corporate machinations in android we can't trust what deja vu yeah. and so and so this archaeologist immediately fights off the effects of a drug kicks the ass of two other people and then perform and then op, uh has a machine perform her own cesarean appendectomy well yes broke it to that right and she watches it and i'll admit it's kind of cool to watch right all right a uh, couple of problems with this, though. First of all, we watch it push her her stomach like a like a foot away. Right. Yet in the next scene where she's looking in the mirror with the staples, she still has like a flawless like uh, washboard abs. Uh, <laughs> I, that's no not that's not really gonna go away. No, no, no distending, no stretch marks, no. Uh, gee, your your body just got pushed farther than it should be and, and came back immediately, so it all just like snapped back naturally. No. I'm not going to shit on it for that. I am. I'm, I'm not. I, I am. And then uh, it pulls it pulls the fetus out like a donut. That was kind of interesting. It pulled it out kind of like one of those uh, arcade machines at the, at, like, down, down yeah. when you go to the shore where you try to get, like, the fucking prize with the hands and it goes mm -hmm. down and it comes up and then fucking drops it. So then after that, within two hours or yeah. so, She's running across the alien landscape. Leaping. Yeah, that I didn't buy one second. That's not just skin they cut open. They slice through muscle in her fucking stomach. And that's healing an hour or two. And and the based on the fact that my wife actually had a cesarean for our first child, I had to watch a whole video of how they do it. And they cut through the layer of skin. Then you're right, a layer of muscle. And then it's pulled away. The baby is taken out. Then they have to sew that shit back up, muscle first, with invisible or uh, uh, like stitches that will dissolve over time, and then they have to sew you back up. It just—it's this whole process. When she leaps over the one chasm and catches and misses and catches it with her arms, uh, the second she did that, I'm like, yeah, she lost seven or eight staples doing. Those that. staples should have shot through that skin-tight uniform. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shredded it in half. 
Yeah. There's no, no way she wasn't in ha- she she would be completely almost split in half from that jump. So, I mean, I'm supposed to believe this? Yeah, that I'll they, buy aliens creating the human race. I'll buy that. A uh, uh, a um horizontal cesarean stapled shut and 2 hours later you're fucking leaping? No. 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 I don't care how, how I don't I don't care how much drugs you're hopped up on. No. No way that's happening. Not not only is she leaping, but when she goes to retrieve uh, um, Michael Fassbender's head, because when they meet the the engineer, he just rips his head off. And where have you seen that before? Oh, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, we would call on that the whole episode. Um, you know, when she goes to retrieve his head, she basically spelunks down the side of that fucking mountain. It's like, that ain't happening either. After lowering his body... Because right, I'm sure her like, upper body strength isn't isn't. Uh, and because he's all robotics, he's he's more dense than a human. Well, so he might weigh 200 pounds, but it's it's more dead weight. He's not denser than the audience. I'll tell oh, you that. Oh, hey. Now, but I have to go back to the old man for a minute. Yeah. So he hires the ship, sneaks on board, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's kept a secret. And obviously, um, the daughter knew. Oh, yeah. Right? But yeah, there was no surprise whatsoever. So my question is, why well, is it... Well, the se- reason why she knew was because she she did the whole court thing. She said, if uh, you were going to come anyway, if I defied you, I was going to spend years in court. Well, so and, there was and, absolutely no alluding that she should have been surprised. Is, why is it a secret? Why are they hiding it? Why do the hologram thing is, oh, I'm dead by now. Why lie to the crew? What is there to gain? For whatever what reason... He told them that he would be dead by the time they saw his hologram. I don't know why that they even went to to that length. And then they hide him. He's it's supposed to be a secret. No one's supposed to know he's on the ship. Why? Because his agenda is for him to just live longer, and well, they might well, not why? have done it. I don't know. I'll I, tell you why. You know why? Why? So the film had a surprise twist. No Probably. other fucking reason possibly imaginable that he would have to hide his. No identity I, I, from no, the that, crew that, he hired. That does make perfect sense. That's it. Yeah. It's it's there because it's there. It's there because we need a chance for the audience to go. <gasps> because there's no other. I, and I'm sorry if anybody know. did that. It just. If you did that, I'm problem. sorry. Really, <laughs> smack, smack yourself. No, no. You know it's allowed. Some people don't watch movies as much as we do. I can understand that you didn't get it, but it. <laughs> Even if you were shocked by that, if you weren't paying attention and you're like, okay, and you're just you're wrapped up in the whole alien thing, maybe you've never seen the other alien films. Great. So in that context, you're allowed to like you know look past some of the stuff we're complaining about. Right. But once that happens and you, you, the the breath leaves your lungs again, you have to ask yourself, why the fuck is it a secret? You know, we talked about uh, fanedit.org last episode. Yes. About how people do these mashups of movies. Yes. I think this, if somebody knows what they're doing, they can make this work with the film <laughs> Alien. But with the technology aspect that we mentioned earlier, I think that alone would make it not work. Because if they cut it in and out, like they, let's say the guy that did the things where they took the 1982 version right. and they took the 2011 version and he cut them in kind of Pulp Fiction style. If he did that with this and Alien, 
he'd have to cut out a lot of the technology that they have in Prometheus because if you're going back and forth between the films and one is supposed to take place in 2094 and the other one is supposed to take place in 2180 or 2179, that is just a lot of old technology with new technology that one is supposed to be newer than the other and it once looks worse and it's supposed to be 100 years or 90 years in the future. Dude, face it. Uh, if you cut out all the bullshit technology, all the uh, all the exposition fed into the dialogue, mm-hmm. all the goofy pseudo philosophical theology bullshit, there's nothing left to the film. There really isn't. There is not. There's, um, there's nothing there. Backtracking, uh, we're still talking about the old man, his daughter, right? Yeah. Another fun thing I read on IMDb news groups. Now my new favorite place to go after watching a film is read what the morons have to say about it. <laughs> is another person was. You know what? Again, we need to make the film deeper than it is. She was was she an android? Oh well, yeah. What's his face? Um, uh, Janik. He asks her, and then she goes, "My room, ten minutes." Uh, <laughs> but was she an android? Well, I think androids are anatomically correct, so I don't know what she was going, what they were going for with that. What they were they were going for him trying to get in her pants. Right. And, and then because of the f- well, yeah. That's all it was because he was coming off as like, you know, you're kind of stiff. You're mean. You you don't show emotion. Are you an android? All right, let's go fuck. <laughs> That's really what that came down to. It's like, all right, let's go fuck. So, so here's the problem. A throwaway line just to be funny and also based on the fact that she acts cold and like a robot. You know, it's based on the well, fact yeah, that her character acts it. like that. Yes. So, and, and this guy, this, this, this uh, drool cup latches onto that. And, like, this is a deep mystery in the film. This I think is, it's funny he called him a drool cup because I actually, the actor that plays Janik, uh, his name is um, Idris Elba. Uh huh. I really like him. I, th- I, th- I really like him. I think he's a I very know, good actor. I, drool cup, I meant the, uh, the person that wrote the uh, idea, not oh, the fine. actor. Oh, fine. And the only reason I bring him up is because there were talks of him possibly being Django. And Django. I, Django. I, I really like the idea of him possibly being Django. Who is in the coffin, sir? His name is Django. <laughs> and then I find out that Jamie Foxx is doing it. And, and I don't hate Jamie Foxx, but I think I really would have liked Elba uh, much more than Jamie Foxx cool. as, as Django. I just think he has that swagger, you know? Yeah, poor man's Keith Williams. Yeah, I can see that. But anyway. Um, God. Uh, the old man. So the, she meets the. She sees that the old man. After she gets her stomach sliced open, she immediately stumbles upon the old man getting his feet washed. Biblical references. Biblical references. Why are you here? Um, I want these aliens to give me immortal life. Yeah, I'll La- Blade Runner. Yeah, last shot. Uh, stab at immortality. I'll buy that from a rich guy. Whatever. Uh, so these they're gonna go on a trek out there. He's got his little uh, robotic legs on. David's wa- David's pats his feet dry. They all get set to go out. Captain stays with the ship, and so does uh, Vickers. Because uh, David found one of the aliens are still alive in their own cryogenic, right? Which looks just like ours, really. It's it's kind of <laughs> freaky how real how the the space age future, besides the hard boiled egg buttons, looks just like <laughs> our stuff. <laughs> and so he takes them there, and they pass all the biological weapons. 
And don't you love, too, at the beginning of the film how they set it up where no one listens to the scientists? Don't you love that? We're all on a scientific expedition. Let the scientists say their piece. We think this. Ah, you're full of shit. <laughs> what the, the, what is, aren't we here? For, this is why we're here, right? Again, again, why you do a debriefing before the ship. So they're not listening to the whole fact that, you know, people say, oh, look, here, here's the proof. Here's the weapons. Uh, this is that. And we're all going to die. Well, let's go ahead anyway. I can understand the old guy doing that. <laughs> they bring the alien. They, they wake up the alien. Chaos ensues, right? Yes. Okay. <sighs> yeah, he wants to kill everybody. As soon as, the, as, soon as they, it He's wakes up and does that. Crazy motherfucker. She splits, right? Yes. Begs the begs the question: Why the fuck did she go in the first place? If she's I, I, so quick. No, no, no. no. It just I don't know why either. She just I, I feel the need to go. All right. So then they figure out. She she tells them. She tells the captain, uh, and we're ruining the ending for you. So shut up. She, so she tells the captain the ship's going to go back to Earth and it's going to destroy Earth because I guess after you've been cryogenic so so long, you 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 wake up. You don't assess the situation. You don't see how long you've been out. You don't find out what's happened to your crew. You just immediately go on with the mission. Because that's how intelligent our uh, creators are. You just immediately kill everybody in the room and move on. I, you know, again, that's a very good point. The, that's a very good point. But I can't shit on it too much. It only can. for the re Hey, as much as we can brainwash people here. You don't know. This This alien could totally have been brainwashed that no matter what, you go through the mission. Five what? minutes in cryogen, five million years, doesn't matter. It's it, That's my mission. That's what I'm going to do. But you assess the situation. He, at that point, when he wakes up, he doesn't even know if he has the, the biologic weapons on the ship. Does he? Yeah, he no problem. He yeah. inventory. He doesn't know if the ship will fly yet. I didn't He's, see him. I didn't see him do any kind of. Uh, all I saw him was hop in the big chair and start liftoff immediately. He didn't even check to see if the ship was still uh, operationable. Uh, he didn't. I didn't see him close the door that they all got in. No. I don't know. I. I'm saying. All I'm saying is when you when you wake up, you don't just immediately. If you wake up in a car, you don't immediately start driving. First thing you say is, "Where the fuck am I? Do I have any gas? You know, <laughs> where are my pants? Where there are pants? questions you ask." <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. And Michael Fassbender apparently spoke the language and he kind of looked at him and, and said, I don't like your fucking face and ripped it off. <laughs> we don't even know if he spoke the language. He tried to, he spoke something and it pissed him off. I know it did that. He fucking ripped his head off. I mean, didn't, didn't like what was coming out of his pie hole. So <laughs> if only it could have been, I don't know, Ridley Scott. <laughs> Not for, not for real, but on the film. Obviously, I don't wish death upon Ridley Scott. But if I, but if if, if he was playing David, I would have felt a little justification at the end. <laughs> so then, um, oh, and I love this too. Uh, I love the whole. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna kill ourselves by flying our spaceship into their spaceship. Everybody, hands up! Who's having fun committing suicide? Everybody was like, "Hey, you'll owe me on the other side." Yay! What? It's like. Hey, we get to save the world, and no one will know about it. Yeah, I, I'm sure you could ask thousands upon thousands of uh, soldiers, you know, before they died for battle, that they were all cheery about it. I'm sure you can ask a lot of people that have, like killed themselves to save somebody else. That 
before it happened, they were all, you know, like, yeah, we're a roller coaster ride. Yay. Talk about belittling what's supposed to be a dramatic moment. Right. Who could, who could really give a shit about that scene at that point? I, and I, uh, yeah. what, what the fuck was that? Whose genius idea was that to make us bond with these characters? No, no regret. No, just like, oh, well, might as well. Not for nothing. But how many of those shit. pods were on the ship? That Charlize Theron, uh, Vickers, she got in one and just you know went spit right out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they could have uh, you know put it on cruise control, aimed it for the ship, all hopped in the pods, and uh, would you know yeah, would have been walking around. Again, the captain, you guys better go. I'll take care of this. You're not going to be able to steer this ship there without us, Captain. So these things don't fly themselves. <laughs> not even enough to. We're not talking about. Na- he's not trying to swerve through something or go. He's aiming it at one moving thing at another moving thing. Right. I mean, there's no remote control for that. There's not even like, okay, we'll get to a certain point. All right, I'm gonna die for it. I mean, w- w- really? <laughs> we we can make a Rubik's cube that shoots up holograms, but we can't make a ship you can fly remotely. He's yeah. the, he doesn't even have to sit down to fly the fucking ship. Tell me that's that panel can't be uh, like lifted up. I'm sure of it. Guys, just unlatch this thing. Let's take it with us. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I'm exhausted. This is what this movie's horrible. See, you see why I'm so angry at this film? Just, <sighs> there's nothing new. There's nothing intelligent. And what what they try to pass off as intelligence is really like this pseudo lot again this this pseudo philosophical. Oh, but if you met God, would you ask them? Oh, and oh, oh can we talk about the end line? Yeah, sure. She she goes back and saves the head, and I, <laughs> and the body. I don't, I don't even want to get into how she uh, defeats the uh, the architect or the engineer. The engineer. Yeah. Do you? Well, yeah, we can get into it real quick. I mean, you, she you, she goes back on. She goes back on the part of the the ship that's destroyed. Okay, it crashes well, down, it, it was, and there's it was, still a, it was Vickers. It was Vickers section that detached. Right. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah, that was Vickers. And they, they said that beforehand. It's like, oh, this section of the ship uh, detaches from the rest of the ship, and it has its own oxygen supply and food supply and air supply and water supply. So well, thank you for mentioning that, because I'm sure that won't come up anywhere else in the film. <laughs> Hour and a half later, as that part is detaching from the ship. Anyway, that's All what right. that was. Well, anyway, she goes into that part. Uh, she is running out of oxygen. <laughs> what? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> she's running out of oxygen and she goes in there and of course she gets uh uh she gets a, a a voice not a voice uh walkie-talkie whatever you want to call it from david. She, yeah, from david telling her that the engineer is still alive and that he's after her so of course the very next thing that happens is he comes busting in and just goes fucking crazy and well, bef- the second before that, she looks in part of that corridor and notices the thing that she gave birth to is a hell of a lot bigger and alive. It's still in the med room. Right. right. Exactly. So what happens is the engineer comes in to try and kill her, and she opens up the bay door, and the fucking alien uh, that she gave birth to hops on the engineer, and she gets away. Right. Can, can, and now- they go through great lengths to show that scene of it opening up face hugger style. And putting something else down its throat, oh, Very, yeah. like, alien style. Oh, yeah. giant, giant face hugger, literally gigantic face hugger, mm-hmm. is what it what it ended up being. 
and I, I would give you like the whole um, female versus male as far as the aspect of the way the uh, the face hugger thing looks. Right. But I'm, I refuse to give Ridley Scott that much credit that he's actually thinking about that. <laughs> and and it and it really doesn't work that much in this to begin with. Uh, now I got it back in, in that again. Okay, great CGI battle at the end. Thank God he used animatronics whenever possible. <laughs> I need to back you up a minute. Okay. When she first goes into that detached part, she immediately grabs a bag and starts grabbing what I'm assuming are oxygen uh, tubes. Uh, I'm probably, assuming, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm assuming they don't... You know, and thank God they don't bother to show a big sign that says oxygen right there. I'm willing to accept that as like a guess. You know? I <laughs> sure. think think the one thing they don't bother to spell out... Someone actually complained about it, too, on the IMDb uh, retardathon uh, page... <laughs> I was, you know, how come her oxygen didn't run out? There was nothing there to indicate that there were oxygen. Says no, but I mean, we can assume suspension of disbelief. I'm no, well, not even suspension of disbelief. I can assume that with thirty seconds of oxygen left, the first thing she's grabbing aren't, you know, skittles. <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind. Yes, I do. And so, but you you didn't mention what does she grab after she grabs the backpack with the oxygen? She grabs a big fucking axe. Oh, yeah. Now, first of all, why the fuck is there a giant firefighter axe in this uh, this uh, detachable compartment where Vickers was living? Second of all, why is the handle bent at a 45-degree angle like some kind of weird warrior weapon that would really prevent you from using it at all? It looks cool, but you take two swings at that thing, you're not hitting dick. Yeah, you yeah. What, that was like that was like a forty five degree angle, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's what's with the Klingon fire axe? Don't know. <laughs> oh, I, and then she doesn't even use it. No, she doesn't. Yeah, it's just kind of like oh, that. Just is cool. You know what? How long did it take I, to sign that fucking fire axe? I wouldn't be surprised, and of course, oh. I didn't. I didn't look into it that much, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was an axe like that somewhere in another alien film somewhere. Oh, that means and it, it was kind of like an ode. Almost that's like in... That's not an ode. That's a prequel. Well, well yeah. Almost like in uh, The Thing, the mm -hmm. 2011, when they go back... Um, well, actually, in The Thing, the 1982 version, when, when Kurt Russell uh, goes back and he's like, hey, Sweden, you know, they're a Norwegian Mac. Uh, <laughs> he goes back and you see the axe just sitting in the wall. They actually show that how that happened in the the thing prequel. Right. Which I thought was kind of cool. I know. I, I give him points for that. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. And I'm just speculating now that in one of these alien films, somewhere along the line, probably either alien or aliens, maybe there was an axe like that. I just, I don't know. And it was just kind of like, oh, cool. Like like the super fan would see that, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the only reason why it was there. Still stupid. Well, yes. yes Still it is. a stupid axe. Yes, it is. But the super fan wet himself when he saw it. Super fan can blow me. <laughs> You're so, too easy. So she goes, well, yeah. She <laughs> goes back to get David. And, uh -huh. and, and she's like, why should I help you? He says, well, I can find you, help you find the other ships. Yeah, it's not the only one here. Right. And she's so, like, oh, fuck, you poisoned my husband. Okay. <laughs> well, why not? Uh, she. Uh, but she doesn't oh, want to go back to Earth, which is the stupidest thing. Oh, Vickers gets crushed by the ship. Oh, so right. 
So she goes to save the alien. Uh, yeah, because uh, it's David. crashing. After it hits, it crashes down, and she gets crushed. She gets crushed by it. Right. So she saves Vic, uh, uh, David, and yep. and she has a philosophical discussion with his head at the end, <laughs> and it goes along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing a bit. She's he says, "Well, I, I can. Def- I definitely think I can get them get the ship to take you back to Earth." She says, "I don't want to go back to Earth. I want to go to their planet." It's like why. I want to. They tried. They they created this, and then they tried to kill us. I want to know why. And he says, the reasons are relevant. And she says, uh, no, it's really not. And then she says, that's the difference between you and I. You and it's, I. And that's why. And she says, well, why? And says, well, that's why you're a robot and I'm a human being. And he says, uh, I okay. <laughs> and. I well, she pulls one, out her cross at one point, and he's like, "Even after all this, she's like, well, it's what I believe. What I choose to believe. What I choose to believe.' So what that what that really says is religion. Religion is fucking stupid, but hey, it's something. <laughs> yeah. Keep you found there, the guys. origin of life. Why yeah. would you think otherwise, whatsoever? Deep philosophy there. Why? Because it's 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 a better story. If you wanted to get into, all right, I, I got to finish this though. All right. Um, so, and so, you know, she says, well, that's why you're a robot and I'm a human. I, for one, side with the fucking robot. <laughs> yeah, go back it's, to Earth. It's fucking irrelevant. You're going to track them down. What are you going to do besides And die? this this one, like, kicked everyone's fucking ass. Now you're going to go back to where they probably all still live and have thousands, if not millions of them. See, it's like, yeah, they're going to welcome you with open arms. They're going to say, fuck, the mission failed. Here's how that conversation. <laughs> here's how that conversation should have gone. I don't want to go to Earth. I want to go to their planet. But why? They created us, and then they tried to kill us. I want to know why. David's response should be, you know, I asked them a question once. They ripped my fucking head off. Yeah. How are you planning on asking them the question? Because I'm guaranteeing this, it's going to be the same response. And not for anything, but he could totally steer steer her towards Earth, and she ain't going to fucking know. It's not like, you know, you know, going down like, you know, Burke Avenue and it's like, oh, wait, we just missed uh, Magnolia. <laughs> it's not going to. It's like, oh, fuck, we're at Earth. <laughs> it's what's going to happen. It's going to be like a year and a half later. And it's like, oh, you didn't take me to their planet. Like, yeah, I thought that was a bad idea. <laughs> and what is she going to fucking do? Uh, Nothing. Not going to do a fucking thing. Oh, you know another direct connection to Alien, just like in visual alone? The fact that his head is just talking in Alien, Ian McKellen, because the scene actually just happened on the screen about five minutes ago. Same exact thing. His head is just fucking there talking. Exactly the same. same. And it is the same thing in Aliens. I think you're turning me more. (laughs) I think I went from not liking it to like really not liking it. I told you, all you need to do, you're an intelligent man. All you need to do is spell out the facts point out some things you might have overlooked and again i i tend to watch a lot of these films in my car you know while i'm sitting in tons and tons of traffic um but you know not well obviously not this one but when i do watch a film i tend to watch it in my car and i miss things but when you're in a theater and you know you're you're in a, you're in a whole theater with a lot of people by by the way someone was eating I don't know what next to me, but it was just crunching in my fucking ear. <laughs> and I had to look over at this guy and it just, whatever. But that was me, sorry. 
well, well, I wish I, mean, I saw it with you. That would have been I, fine. I'm all for like going to a film and like forget. You know, not, I I don't go in a film trying to hate it. I go in and just like go. Right. But this is a film where literally there's no you you can you can really insult my intelligence easily. Right. And piss me off from the start. If I like a film, I'll I'll totally not. I don't try to figure things out. Again, I'm not trying to figure out the end. You know how the film ends. We know because we've seen the film before. It's fucking alien. Yes, it is. Oh, and, and and speaking of the, the theological philosophical discussions that go through this film and the whole setup, here's the big setup. When they go into the ship, there's that big head that's on the poster. Right. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. The big humanoid head. Yeah, so, almost like uh, what is it? Fire Island. The the fucking. I haven't been. I've never been. They have these giant head. Uh, Easter Island. I'm sorry. The oh. Easter Island heads. <laughs> no, it does not look a thing like an Easter Island head. It looks more like uh, like like early man Iron Man ass mask, not ass mask. <laughs> Um, early Iron Man ass. I gotta remember that one. Uh, yeah. Um, so the discussion is, wow, do you think that's their god? Do you think <laughs> they worship that? The the archaeologist, the anthropologist, the, uh, the, the thing that comes up is, there's a statue of a big giant head. Do you think they worship that? We have plenty of big giant heads. Do we Do we worship Mount Rushmore? What anthropologist really just makes that association? Big giant head must be their god. <laughs> Especially in a spaceship, because I'd put God in the spaceship. What, how, and then the other, the other well, I, I figured it out. They worship themselves. That's why it's a head that looks like theirs. You, are you people even trying to fucking think? Is there any concept going on here? That could be the fucking guy that built the ship. <laughs> yeah, it's... We say God, we have God on our money, but we don't have God's picture on there. We got some guy that ran the country for a couple of years. Yeah, we got our this pres is the, this dead is the presidents. Best, this is the best the anthropologists and archaeologists that, that figured out where this planet was. This is the best they can come up with. It's a big head. They must have worshipped it. Fuck you. Well, now that you mention that, we should look this, at the writer of the film. The, <laughs> what do you mean? It's written by two people. Yeah. John Spites, S-P-A-I-H-T-S, no, and Damon the, Lindelhoff. This is usually the first thing I look up, but I never did because I was so infuriated. Okay, let's take a look at what John Spates has done. He directed. He wrote The Darkest Hour, which is that uh, teens in Russia that fight the invisible thing. That oh, the, Jesus. I, oh. <laughs> yeah, he wrote that, uh, and he wrote Prometheus. Mummy the, reboot? What the fuck? The rebooting the mummy. Oh, he's writing it. <laughs> wow. Oh, Why does that need to be rebooted? I know the last film sucked, but it Dude. doesn't need to be rebooted. Really? And Damon Lindahoff. You know what? They're rebooting it so soon. They oh, can wow. Get Brendan Fr he they're was, getting it. They're yeah, go ahead. No, uh, Damon Lindahoff. He was an executive producer for all 115 episodes of Lost. He's the Lost guy. Yeah, yeah, I recognize. I recognize this picture. But what else has he written? Cowboys oh, and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens, which, which, of course, I love that film. Yeah, he wrote uh, one, two, five episodes of Lost. It was all tell. He all, uh, did all, all TV, TV shows all up TV. until up until uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, that was his first major, and they still gave him money. To do Prometheus. Dude, you know what's great about Lost, about TV shows? Oh, Did God, I he's writing World War Z. Do you know I've heard that World War Z is having horrific screen pro uh, 
screenplay problems and the fact that it's been filmed, yet they're rewriting the screenplay and refilming scenes. That's what I've heard. You know why? You know what World War Z is? Have oh, you God, ever read it? He's writing Star Trek sequel? Oh, fuck. Have, have you ever read World War Z or do you know about it? I know World War Z. I've never read it. It's it's basically like diary excerpts or interviews. Right. It's after it's the, the zombie apocalypse. There's a name for that kind of novel that I can't think of off the top of my head, uh, but it's that kind of novel. So that doesn't help you at all, so I shouldn't even mention it. <laughs> that that thing I can't think of, it's that. Got, thank you. Yeah. But, yeah, and, of course, oh, it's, it's the Lost guy, so this has got to be good. Yeah, the, the great thing about working on Lost is you're working with other writers, too. Yeah. And so it's, you have a team of writers. You're not, it wasn't just, like, one or two guys writing it. They have other writers that are writing things and directing things. It's a real group project. When you get into this movie shit, all right, he's totally proven himself to be not the strongest link on the Lost show. He's probably the one that brought those two idiots in in season four. He probably decided uh, uh, how to end the show. I like the ending of the show. Fuck the ending of that show. I like the end. I like the fuck. Better than the now end. that I've seen uh, uh, this alien prequel and all the biblical undertones, he's the one that came up with the ending. The fucking lost Garen fucking teed. No, because it was a good ending. No, it wasn't. Really wasn't. Uh, really wasn't. Mister 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 Sour Pants. Yeah. Oh 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 oh! And by the way, speaking uh -huh. of lost. Uh, the, the the spacesuits on uh, Prometheus. Yeah. There's no connection. I just wanted to segue there. Uh, first of all, after having seen the film, can yeah. you back me up on how dumb the whole spacesuit thing idea was? Where okay, we have lights to light our faces inside. They, again, they, they've been do, that? they've been doing that for a while. What was but, the other film we reviewed where they did that and you made a point to talk about it? <laughs> there was another film that we reviewed where you you mentioned about. The, the inside of their suits lighting up. Was I thought it was just this one. Like no, 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 no. Hold on, I gotta look at our. Uh, <laughs> I gotta look at our podcast list now. Not, not, not the. Uh, not, not a sphere. Was no, it, it wasn't. Oh, fuck. It might have been sphere, might, but I don't. Sphere. I don't think it was. Might have been sphere. I don't think but it was. I want to point out the only thing that bothered me more than that was the. Um, the Gotchaman mask that david wears in the beginning when he's reading dreams yeah <laughs> what are we watching the what, the what was it the thunderbirds or not thunderbirds remember remember the cartoon with the the visors back in the 70s what was that called it was gotchaman in japan what do they, what we call it here we called it like the uh not speed racer no what are you talking yeah, about speed racer that's what i'm talking i don't know <laughs> fuck it's the it's the bird show the bird I'll, I'll show. look that up. I'll look could that be up Thunderbirds. Like, I mean, that's the the one Team America was ripping off, right? Yeah, that's the puppets. I'm not talking puppets. I'm talking cartoon, cartoon. of people dressed as falcons and shit. Oh, oh. yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was, know what you're talking about. That was um, Watchmen, but what was it? America. I. Oh, come on. Yeah. It. It was the one where everybody dresses birds, and the mentally handicapped kid held all the explosives. Yeah, I don't remember the name of that show. Yeah, because when you have a when you have a team of people that are trying to save the world, the the young kid that talks like this, <laughs> you want to give him explosives. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm looking at our 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 list, and I'm thinking it's gonna be Sphere. I think it was Battle of the Planets. Battle of the Planets. That doesn't sound familiar. They, Are you they, sure that's uh, the title? I don't. I'm not sure. I know. I'm sure that the Japanese title was Gotchaman. 
but I'm having trouble finding out what the American title was. I'm pretty sure it was Battle of the Planets. It's got to be Sphere. That's the only thing I even remotely remember having. That's Sphere. Uh, it's the only thing I even remotely remember them having um, helmets of any kind and no, in, that... in, a, in a space or underwater type situation. I think you're right. I think it was Sphere that I made that comment on. And, and I, think I, I think I defended it. Stop defending this shit. I think I defended. I thought it was a minor, uh, just a minor thing that you were shitting on. No, it's it's just only for and, the reason that if we're underwater or in a cavern or anywhere and it's a dark place, it should light up so that I can see your face. No. Why should I? Why should I have to look across at an empty black, okay, uh, helmet with nothing in it? For the sake, let's for the sake of the ar- argument, let's say okay, it's a film. We want to see the actors' faces, right? Okay. Can, can we use that as for the sake of the argument? Sure. Say all right. We'll just give. If you're gonna make the film, and then create a plot reason to have them take their helmets off, don't fucking do it. <laughs> oh, there's breathable in here. I didn't see this coming because we ah. can't act. He even he even reaches out and fixes her hair so we can have her hair look good in the scenes after that. <laughs> Fuck you, Ridley. Uh, anyway. yeah, actually, now that you mention it, it does look more like Speed Racer's helmet. Maybe Racer X. Racer X? Yeah, maybe, maybe Racer X, the visor thing going. Maybe. You know where I lost it? The minute they showed him. We're, we're not even like t- 10 minutes in the film. He's reading her dreams. Yes. He's watching her dreams. I'm done. Yeah, the fact that he even started doing that, you knew that was a setup for later. And... and it just not that I need to be surprised by and, films anymore these days, but the fact that you're being spoon-fed something that's going to be set up for later, uh, all the time now, it's like come on. And and it has to be a dream about her talking to her dead father about God. Of yep. course, <laughs> this is lazy screenwriting at its worst. I'm not surprised that it, it, I don't care if he wrote for fucking Lost. I don't. I, it's not surprising that a television show writer worked on this movie because in television shows you have an hour. Everybody, it's all exposition. You don't have time to show anything. Lost had the luxury of that because they were doing something different. Right. And again, he wasn't the only writer on the show, so I'm not surprised that a television show writer wrote this kind of shit. This is the kind of shit you expect to see on a made-for-TV sci-fi channel movie. Yeah, he's, he's trying to. Uh trying to push from TV back into film. And so far, it's not not, not good. Well, well this will... I mean, this will get him the right other things because it, technically it's a, it's a success. Um, uh-huh. It made $51 million its opening weekend. And I'll tell you what it made. Here, I'll tell you exactly what it made um, worldwide so far. Because it premiered in, in the UK first. It came out there first, which they've been doing a lot more of lately. They've been premiering films out in the foreign market for here, a lot more lately, mm. actually. Uh, it may it's made ninety four million in the foreign market so far, so it's made one hundred and sixty million dollars. It's got to make like I mean, if you consider international prints and advertising, the money they spend on advertising, I got to make about two hundred million to break even. Right, but the really, I mean, but that's that's like income, not revenue. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, like, like they have to make like twice as much of the budget just to well, yeah. break even. But no, getting- no, no, no. It costs 120. Say prints and advertising costs half of that. Say 60. That puts it around 180. 
as soon as they get past 180, they're making money. Yeah, it's a little too simplistic. Well, I mean, it's the easiest way to figure it out. I mean, they might have 60 million towards print and advertising. It doesn't to mean a, they use it all. To be a breadwinner, to be a real breadwinner, it's got to at least make twice twice the budget. Well, of course. I mean, the, the pro- yeah. producers aren't going to be happy unless it does three or four hundred million. If you're, it costs not, if it costs 180, it should probably make three or four hundred million. You're, you're not building a career on bro- broke even. You're building a career on double the budget. Of course. Yeah. But you know what? It's amazing how Ridley Scott gets the money to to make these films. I mean, his movies on average cost a hundred million. Uh, on average, about a hundred, hundred twenty million. It's a name. And but a name or not, his films cost in that range. They don't tend to make any kind of real money here in the states. It might do well in the foreign market, but. You know, it doesn't do very well here. But that's how they think it's all names. It's the top, you know, top five actors. Uh, William Goldman. Well, let's look, he had a, let's look at his last uh, five films before Prometheus. Hang on. I want to make a point. Okay. William Goldman has a chapter about the top five names in films. And he compared, like, the top, like, when you, like, you would take the list for the year and say, here are the top five hot actors. These are the ones that everyone wants. And you took that list and you looked at how much money their films made. Uh, that year, and then look who replaced them the following year. Mm-hmm. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's all just like pop culture circumstance. There's no real basis to it, and it never really cut, turns out to be the headliners never really make the money they're supposed to be making, especially when when you compare how much it costs to hire them. That's all I wanted to say. Right. I didn't mean, cut you off there. No, it's okay. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven came out in 2005. I never saw that. I haven't either, but it made. 47 million uh, here in America cost 130. <laughs> now, it made 164 in the foreign market. So it made 211 million total. Now, right. with print and advertising, probably just breaking even. So, in my opinion, a bum. Also, they, didn't it come out after uh, Passion of the Christ? Well, he didn't do Passion of the Christ. No, no, no. I'm saying it wasn't just his name. That got that film made. It was the okay. We're riding the religious wave. Passion of the Christ came out in two thousand and four. So yeah, it came out a year later. See, so that's that's part of it. I mean, they they, they thought. I don't it was know. A sure if, thing. Was that a religious film? Kingdom of Heaven. This is the one I'm thinking of, right? It's, uh, it's, me, it's a medieval war, Braveheart type thing. It's a Crusades. I, is it the Crusades? I don't know. I never saw it. I don't know I'm, anything about it. I remember at one point they were talking about Schwarzenegger being in it. That was before he was governor. Uh. Well, I know Schwarzenegger back in the day wanted to make a movie called The Crusades and right. saying back then it was going to cost in the range of like $400 million to get made. And it was they just said it was way too expensive, so they just never went and did it. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if this is just a retooled script of that, to be honest. Crusades. It's The Crusades. Yeah? Okay. I just confirmed myself to make sure I wasn't being stupid. It's, it's The Crusades. Uh, he, he, the next film he did was in 2006 called A Good Year. A thirty-five million budget made thirty-four in the foreign market, seven million here. So I don't count that. Uh, American Gangster, another. You know, Denzel Washington, uh, his brother Tony Scott was using him a lot, mm-hmm. so he decided to. Hundred million dollar budget made one hundred and thirty here, and again because of Denzel Washington, right? Not Ryan Reynolds. Um, what? <laughs> That was that whole debate we had. I know. About, yes. Okay. I know you're wrong. Uh, Body of Lies, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio film, 
70 million dollar budget made 39 million here in the states all right and finally robin hood with russell crowe 200 million dollar budget made 100 million dollars here in the states there's another fucking winner i mean 200 they gave him 200 million dollars to make robin hood well you know here's the deal it's it's again it's an insulated world there and you can say oh you know money money talks it's only the money that matters if that was the case these guys like ridley scott you know ridley scott wouldn't be making these films over again why would they bankroll prometheus it's it it's who you know it's who you blow yeah, they get these insiders here. And again, you have three or four directors, three or four producers that are practically running Hollywood. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're the ones that are soaked. All the budget money goes to these assholes. Uh, and they're $300 million, $400 million epics. They suck all this money in because they run the show and they have all the connections and they know everybody. And they're making shit. And j- every now and then, one of them you know, makes money and they're like, oh, see, that's why he's the man. So, no, it's not. It's really not. Every dog has his day. Uh, let's see what uh, Ridley Scott is directing up next. He's making a film called The Counselor, which is in pre-production. Uh-huh. And a lawyer finds himself in over his head when he gets involved in drug trafficking. It's based on a Cormac McCarthy book. so oh, It's got Michael Fassbender, Brad Pitt, Cameron Diaz. This could be oh. one of those... This oh, is a, this this could be one of those good flicks, but will cost a hundred million dollars, you know, and it'll be kind of like uh, Kingdom of Heaven, where it makes forty seven million bucks. No, this this is one of those or oh, uh, Body of Body of Lies, where it makes thirty nine million. This is one of those. Oh, a Cormac McCarthy book just got like Oscar noms and made a shitload of money uh, when it was turned into a film by the Coen Brothers. So let's everybody option every Cormac McCarthy film book we can get now and do a whole resurgence of his stuff. Oh, and I'm sure this will come out right around uh, December. Uh, and, just again, in time for it, Oscar time. It's already it's already past the peak, and I'm sure it's gonna be. I'm sure it'll be dead on as the Coen Brothers, right? Yeah. Well, I you know I thought The Road was was a well made film. Very. I, re- I really did. Very depressing movie. I, I still, I still think it, it lacked a little bit of the impact of the the book, but not much, not much. It's very well made. Yeah, uh, and then I'm lastly, a, I'm, a, I'm a little what? biased because I was blown away by the book when I read it. I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe this. Right. I, I, it was really that fucking good of a book. I was like, I, d- Jesus, you know. Yeah, I, I I haven't read it. Mare read it, and she she said the same exact thing. Um, and then he's also doing another Blade Runner film. It's for 2014. I heard about that. The, he's uh, now. I don't know if it's a prequel, but I don't yeah. think so. I think it's going to be a sequel. They're they're dicking around with that though. I think they're they're going to try and make you know but you know what I think pull? they're trying to get Harrison Ford too. They're trying to pull this. It's not a prequel and it's not a reboot. It's just it's like what was that the continuation? Um, <laughs> a, a connection. A connection. Do you remember uh, after Rocky or Picture Show mm-hmm. that he did shock treatment? Richard O'Brien? Uh, yeah. Yes, I do. Do you, do you remember what the, the tagline for that was? <sighs> no. It's not a sequel. It's not a prequel. It's an equal. Oh. And that, that, that was his way of saying, I'm just doing the same shit again. Whatever. And we, we were almost at that point where they're almost not trying to even say, like, like Prometheus is halfway there. Where what they're, it's like, okay, it's not really a prequel. I'm not doing a sequel. It's not a reboot of the Alien franchise. I'm just using the same shit again. 
I'm really I can't even be bothered to to qualify it by connecting to the series. I'm just gonna use the same shit and use the same kind of aliens, and I'll even use same sets from it because you recognize that and want to see it. But it's really has the only real connection is the fact that I can't come up with anything fucking new anymore. (laughs) Yeah, the taglines for that are "Trust me, I'm a doctor." Mm -hmm. One from the vault, from the creators of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and when you said it's not a sequel, it's not a prequel, it's an equal. What do you you fact checking me on that no i just i thought that i don't remember that tagline and i wanted to see if they had any other cool ones you were checking me on that no i was not i wasn't okay uh this podcast has been going so long we watched the entire film of alien see the credits are now rolling aren't you glad that i said uh we should bypass all the other shit and just go right into prometheus uh you know what i don't know i think we might have cut the podcast short if we did the other stuff yeah probably we wouldn't have have talked so long about it now because i am now uh occasionally posting on the imdb uh Uh discussion boards i want to enter a new segment into the show which is which is scott and joey actually give an imdb rating for the film (laughs) because now i can actually rate them because i actually sign in now which i never bothered to do before so 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 Joey, is this just you clicking on uh, or, or stars? Yeah. Stars, okay. Now, now you and I have to come to an agreement on how many stars. Uh, who wants to go first? High bid, low bid. Um, I'm going to start at one star. One star. All right. This this is just to see where we meet in the middle. All right. I'm going to start at one star. What do you think? <sighs> I think it's a little low. Okay. Give me give me a reason to bump up the two. Give me give me a good. You, you know why I'm giving it one. All right. You know what? I'll give it. Two. Give me no, an explanation why you're giving it one, and I'll give you an explanation why you should give it more. Cause it fucking sucked. That's why I'm <laughs> giving it one. But I, that, well, that's that's good. Okay. I can easily say, well, it didn't completely suck. Give it two. You know what? I, I'll give it a two because I like the opening sequence. All right. You're up to a two. Give up me a reason to, a to go up to three. A reason to go up to three. Uh, Michael Fassbender's performance. All right, I, I will. I will give you a three on that. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to bend much further. Yeah, you know what? Going any higher gets it kind of to five, and five would mean it's an average film, which is almost acceptable these days. What would you ca- What would you call an average sci-fi film like, of this caliber? An what average sci-fi average? movie of this caliber, of this size and magnitude. Um. Average. Let's say space movie too. Let's let's get it really space narrowed down. Space film average. Sphere. Even Sp- just go, just even just going back to something that we've sphere. reviewed already, I would say sphere is probably about average. I'd probably. I know. Give, I think it's IMDb is around four, four and a half. I'd probably give it a four or five. So I would agree with that yeah. one. All right. Um, um. But anything else? Like Alien, I would give like an eight or a nine. The probably original one, sure. Yeah, Aliens. I'd probably give a nine or a ten. I thought it was a very excellent. Oh, Alien. I mean, that's when Cameron wasn't such a big cock. Right now, I just uh, wish he stayed, you know, back in like those Alien and uh, Terminator, Terminator Two days. That would have been great. Alien Cube. I would give a six based <laughs> on the. I would give it a six based on the film, and then knock it down to a five because of the Sigourney Weaver rape scene that was teased but never followed through on. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Now what about like look at um Sunshine? There's oh, a eight. sci-fi film. Eight, eight and a half, nine even. 
I, I mean, I that's go, that's almost the perfect sci-fi movie. Dude, I mean, honestly, I go ten. Danny, I would, you go ten. I go ten with Sunshine. Yes, yeah. I would. Danny Boyle. I mean, that's a film. He did that after he did um, Twenty Eight Days Later. Came out of nowhere. No one was like really expecting it. He does Sunshine, and it goes so limited theatrical. Um, you know why? That nobody even knew anything about it. I mean, I saw it. I went to the theater to see it because I heard good things about it, and I was just blown away by it. You know why that went limited? Same that? reason that Revolver went limited. Too intelligent for the American People audience. didn't understand it, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's, that's for me. 2001, all right, just based on, like, film history, I'll give it an 8 or a 9. How about Event it, Horizon? I'd say that's like a 5, maybe that's, 6. That's a 5. I would yeah. give that a... It's it's a it's a borderline sci-fi horror, a yeah. good premise that yep. would have been saved by making a Hellraiser film. I would give it a five. <laughs> sure, made more sense than Prometheus. Yeah, it, yeah, it did. Oh, you know what? And t- tell you what, Sunshine mm-hmm. and uh, even Event Horizon, philosophically, smarter than this film. I agree. I think I think I think Event Horizon is a bit deeper of a film than this one is a bit. A bit. You know who directed that one, right? That was... Uh, no, I don't. Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah, he... and. I mean, back when, it was like, when he did that, and everyone saw it, it was like, well, it's not amazing, but, you know, it was actually okay. Good. And then he does Resident Evil, and, and you had a lot of people that were like, eh, but then you had a lot of people, like, say us, that were like, yeah, that's better than what people give it credit for. And then it was all downhill from there. Don't except forget. for Death Race. And... Death Race. Again, every now and then, he, he's like Joel Schumacher. Every now and then, he pulls a fucking gem out of his ass. <laughs> yeah. And then everything else is shit. And he's like, what the fuck happened? What happens is he finds a good screenplay. Right. He, and he, he, he doesn't know the difference. So he pours just as much energy into a good one than a bad one. So every now and then, you get a good one. Eventually, and, something sticks. You're right. And and what was I supposed to say? Um, What did you just mention? You mentioned Death Race. The Oh, uh, don't forget, too, with, uh, and a lot of people forget this. Because now zombies are everywhere and like bored to death, and I need to sell my number issue number one of Walking Dead before that series is oh, over. I need to comic. put that on eBay. I, I've seen it go for like it's five. A, it's it's only gonna get stronger because season three is is coming out in October. So I need to put that out now. I saw it sell for a thousand dollars. Get the uh, fuck out of here on eBay. Well, that was the one where they actually rate it and put it in the plastic thing. Where you get you might want to sell it before season three because if season three blows, that's what I'm saying. You know, I need, I need to find a just because it exists doesn't mean that you're going to get maximum bucks for it. But I need to find a store that that professionally grades the comic because that increases the value by like fifty percent. You know where you can go? <laughs> I know sure. you won't want to do it. Well, you can go to um, Kevin Smith's comic book store that he ha- that he has uh, his TV show based on that comes on after The Walking Dead. He has. A, uh, I don't even want. There's a show called Comic Book Men. I didn't need to know that. <laughs> now that I know he has a TV show based out of his fucking comp, I didn't it's, even it's, know that. He's in it. Uh, he's in it very, very little. It's his friends that run the comic book store that the show revolves around. But, as, but as, the, as someone, but you could probably get on television. I'm not saying this is a fact, but you might I, be I, able to get on television because you'll have a mint condition, pristine copy of The Walking Dead, bringing it to Kevin Smith's comic book store, which premieres. Or is on right after The Walking Dead. If I go, I'll get on television. You know why? Because <laughs> because if I end up being waited on by the guy that says, "Give him Steve Dave again," 
like I did last time I went to the show, but this time I'm like a couple of decades older and he gives me shit while I'm a customer, I'll bitch slap the motherfucker. <laughs> you got, he's got his ignorant fucking friends running the store and they don't give a fuck because, well, they're movie stars because the guy says Steve Dave every now and then. Um, the it's not the, the guy that, that played Dante or uh, what's his oh, face? No, these are the lesser known ones. These are, these are the ones that the walk on guys that never got the chance to actually be uh, forgotten. Yeah, the, the one guy that runs the whole store. He's he's everybody else is just guys that are in the store, but the one guy that runs it is the guy. He was actually in Clerks. He was the guy that was going through um, the fridges to find like the perfect eggs and uh, milk and that scene Pro where Dante's talking about. Yeah, you know who I hate? I hate the the the, the egg guys and the and the milkmaids and all that shit. He was the egg the guy. guy. I'm talking about because he's a fucking dick. And when a customer comes in and asks you for something, you fucking answer him. You don't oh, yeah, whatever. Fuck you. But back then, I was a bit too timid to say anything. Pull that shit on me now. and I, Yeah, I'll make the news. You should go. I'll make him eat my fucking uh, Walking Dead number one. You should try and sell it to him and watch him and lowball you and then go fucking ape shit. Uh, and then just as they're dragging you out, moviesucktastic.com. Did I ever tell you the Pat story? No. Pat Pat uh, Pat bumped into uh, Kevin Smith at the comic store. He went there one time. Okay. And he had just had his he had uh, just had his kid, uh, Harlequin, Harley. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, because Har did he name his kid Harley Quinn? Yeah, because nothing spells class like naming your kid after a cartoon character. What a fucking dick. Anyway, so he's got the new the baby still crawling, you know, like a year old or whatever at the store. This is only like f like five six years ago then. No, it's longer than that. How old is his kid? Older than that, I think. Maybe know. maybe I'm a bit. I don't ask me time frame. Okay, okay. all right. Five we'll, or six we'll, years. Maybe we'll say seven. we'll say five to seven years. Yeah, within a ten year frame, definitely. Okay. Yeah, within ten years. So he he goes there and they're there and uh, and Pat yelled at him, not yelled at him per se. He was like, hey, you know, he, he's got his kid crawling on the floor, and Pat, being ever the diplomat, is like, your kid's on the floor. Kevin, Kevin Smith, he's like talking to fans, or whatever. He's like, yeah, what? He says, you're letting your kid crawl on a filthy like store floor? You know, he has a little, like, you know, filthy? <laughs> <laughs> then, and then he told me another story. This is a well, phone. what did Kevin Smith uh, respond with? Did he just ignore I, him? I think he's like, he blew him off. I think Pat didn't wait around. He wasn't going to start a fight. He's just like, yeah, you know, your kid's on the fucking floor. What the hell? <laughs> uh, he and Will, you know Will. You met Will before, right? Uh, did we go to high school with him? Um, no. But he was Maybe. In comics. So see, I came to the comic book store late. Pat, Pat, and Will yeah. uh, go to the com the secret stash again, and then they go to a diner nearby. Okay. So uh, later on, while they're there, Kevin Smith walks into the diner, and he sees that we've got the comp the secret stash bag on the table. So he kind of walks over and kind of like stands there and stares at him. <laughs> from the notice him, right? And Pat doesn't doesn't give a shit. So Will looks up and sees him, and nods, and gives him nods, and he keeps standing there, like he's waiting for them to like to make the connection, and they don't. And so the time hit that hits a point where it becomes awkward that he's still standing there. So he just kind of like you know, and he walks away. And Will, <laughs> and, and and Pat, Will and Pat, are talking, and then like Will turns to Pat and goes, "Dude, that guy, I think he's gay. Was he like, staring me down or something? That was trying to hit on me." <laughs> it's it's 
and the the story for me is not funny because Will thought Kevin Smith was trying to hit on him, but that Kevin Smith like like felt that he was such a presence that he could just like like come over and make someone's day by like being there. You oh, know, yeah. I, I I gotta be honest. If Kevin Smith walked over to my table, I'd probably be happy to see him. I know you don't like him, but I did once. I know you did, but for me, just the very fact that he's a a hockey fan, he's a Devils fan, I'm a Devils fan, I'm a hockey fan, that to me is just cool, uh, and I would definitely just shake his hand. I'd, I'd say, hey, have a seat. You know what I'd say? Go fuck yourself. I know what yeah, you would say. I would say apologize for cop-out, motherfucker, because that's <laughs> what you are, a fucking cop-out. I'm, I'm the reason he had a nervous breakdown, people like me. Really? Fans that turned on him. That's why he had a nervous breakdown, because all his fans turned on him. If we ever met Kevin Smith in such a way, uh, you'd bite your tongue for me, right? Just so no. I could talk hockey with him? No. Come on! Talk hockey with me? <laughs> yeah, I saw your little post the other day. Yeah! I, Dick. I talked hockey with you. I oh, agreed. yeah, you did. I agreed with you. I didn't say anything uh -huh. sarcastic. When you posted uh, about... Uh, Mitt Romney's uh, campaign using the same music. I was gonna type yeah, but then I decided against it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, I won't, I won't tell him to apologize for Kappa. I'll just ask him um, after he did Dogma, where he closed the book literally on the on the uh, Clerks universe. Uh, how much of a whore he had to become before he did Clerks two? Oh, well, didn't he say I'm that just... Jersey Girl was gonna be the last film in Jersey, and then he did Clerks two? Well, and Dogma was supposed to be the last film in the Clerks universe. That was the right. whole thing. It was and like, it, now, now I'm becoming a real filmmaker. And then that didn't pan out with his first film. So he, he chickened out, became a whiny bitch, went back into Clerks 2, and piss and moan. And I still haven't watched the fucking thing. Uh, you know what? I watched you a couple should, You should watch it. I watched two minutes the other day because uh, I actually I transferred it from DVD to my hard drive. Okay. And I watched the, the clip where Randall's making fun of The Lord of the Rings. Okay, uh, and that was it. I was like, "All right, you know, Kevin Smith, fuck you again." Really just yeah, it was. It was kind of like the Star Wars thing. Just yeah. now, it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck you again, you you, you unoriginal hack." And again, feel free to make you know to, to trash all these films that were ten times better than Cop Out. <laughs> uh, you know, I I know I know you're such a great filmmaker yourself that you know what that now you're all all you can do is sell your own stand up, talking about how funny you are. <sighs> oh, he had the drag. He's dragged. You see the new one now, Tea Baggers. No. They went to London to do a stage performance. Him and Jason Mewes. Oh, really? Now, because yeah, because he's still Jane Silent fucking Bob. You, you, you know what the difference between him and like a real filmmaker is? What's that? Like, look, look at Quentin Tarantino. There's a filmmaker to put himself in films, did cameos, and did acting gigs, right? Yeah. And then went on to make more good films. That that didn't become his backup. Where okay, now I'm just going to act act in shitty films. Right. Kevin well, Smith. Kevin Smith became Silent Bob, and he never grew as an artist. I still love Clerks. I still have a copy of Dogma. Mallrats. Mallrats. Still love the film. Fuck Kevin Smith. <laughs> Whiny bitch. Ah. Uh. Biggest biggest news he makes. I'm too fat to sit on an airplane. That's good. Run with that. That's that's a good way to run your career. You could make a good film, or you could just bitch on tweet that you got you got kicked off a plane for being fat, and see how far that takes you again. 
Hey, got him a TV show. I wish I had a TV show on arts and on uh, what channel is that? that it's on that, A&E. A&E. I would love. I would love to have a, a TV show on A&E after the show everyone likes. <laughs> yeah, that, it was. You, you, uh, know what, you know what that's called when you have a show on after a show everyone, everyone likes? Yeah. Yeah, it's called it's called the 10, 11 o'clock news. <laughs> and the reason people watch you is because they're too lazy to switch channels before Leno comes on. Fuck you. It might be. Uh, so we going three on Prometheus. <laughs> three hours. No, three ta- three stars. Uh yeah. Let, let's go three. I think three is Officially? appropriate. All right, movie Sucktastic's official rating is three. Three stars. Just please try again later, you motherfucker. <laughs> I just started this bit. You can't do this to me. I'll refresh and try it again. What is the time on the show? We're looking at two, two hours, hours and uh, two hours and twelve, almost twelve minutes. I I knew this was going to be a big one with Prometheus. This is such a bad movie. You cannot tell me otherwise. Now I didn't say I liked it. I just no, no, no. Said I didn't hate it as much as you. Okay, I'm but being uh, you've turned me. You've definitely turned me. Before we talked, before the show aired, what would you have rated it? Uh, before we talked, I probably would put it in the uh, somewhere around five, like four and a half. So they say five, so I knocked you down by two. Yeah, yeah. When, just because, just and you know what? Visually, I thought it was stunning, and that <sighs> you wouldn't maybe give it a six. A six? No, definitely not oh, a six. Not that, a six. No, because that would have been too close to me liking it. Okay, so we, I thought you did like it. No, I never said I liked it. I just okay. said I didn't hate it as much as you. But again, you've turned me. <laughs> uh, especially when, you, like, visually, I probably would have gave it a higher rating, like around five, four and a half, five. But then you started to mention about the technology, and it was something I didn't think of, just because I was enjoying the visuals so much. But it, you're right, it makes complete fucking sense that this film should look nowhere near... As good as anything out today, it should actually look worse Again, than anything in the alien universe. At the very least, the people that created mankind should have better holograms than us. Right. That alone. If they created life, they should be able to create better light patterns. <laughs> Why are you asking me what I would have given it star-wise? I just wanted to see how far I bumped you down. That's all. Oh, okay. Just, I yeah, no, I'd, I'd say four and a half, five. Probably a five. Realistically, I probably would have given it a five. So you dropped me two stars. Okay, cool. I, I feel good about that. Okay, good. I do because you're you're not a pushover. I mean, you you. Oh no no no! If I if I liked it, I would have told you I liked it. Yeah. So I, it's not that I'm just kind of like tricking you. I'm actually no I'm, I'm no, pres- no 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 no. I'm presenting no. my case, and my pre- I presented my case well enough that I knocked you down two full stars. Yes. Yes, so you I, did. I'm very happy about that. Okay. <laughs> uh all right. You uh, let's end the fucking show. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, God, we've been doing this a long time right now. Jesus. <laughs> let's end the show. Uh, if okay. I turn back time. <laughs> all right. Uh, please visit us at moviesucktastic.com. You can download all our episodes there. You can download them at Podcast Pickle, Podcast Pup, iTunes, specifically iTunes. Give us reviews on iTunes. We love those. You can get the show through Stitcher, which you can get through your smartphone or through your vehicle. Also, I want to—I'm sorry—I want to jump in right there yeah. and say, also with Stitcher, mm-hmm. if you're listening to us on Stitcher, you can share us on Stitcher with your friends on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, they have the share buttons. They do. So you can go. 
yeah, I mean, especially on our site. Uh, on, if you l- listen to us through Stitcher on your page, you should be able to share us as well. So share your Stitcher experience with other people. Absolutely. We're going to start doing that ourselves with the Stitcher. I want I, I want to push Stitcher. I think Stitcher is a really good I format. I think Stitcher is great. So I really want to push that more and start yeah. sharing more And they on that email book. us all the time to keep us in the loop of new technology and what we can do to gain listenership and all that stuff. No, Stitcher is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. You can, um, you can go buy Scott's books on Amazon.com. Yes, you can. You can <laughs> just go to Amazon.com. There should be a link on moviesucktastic.com. There is. If not, go to uh, Amazon.com and do search for S. Michael Wilson. And find one of my books, Monster Rally or Bella Lugosi, uh, performed by Bella Lugosi, two books of mine. Or you can find the books uh, Butcher Knives and Body Counts or mm-hmm. the, the book Uncle John Flush Fiction, both of which have my work, both fiction and nonfiction. Also, if you look for the I Am, the Idea Men Productions reprint of the book Jack the Ripper based on the novel, uh, based on the film of the, uh, I forget what year that was, it's been right. a while. But I wrote the, the afterword for that, so you can find me on that as well, and cool. much more to come. Sorry. And, uh, you got me in horror mode, so I had to get it all out. You can watch any of these videos online at livestream.com slash moviesucktastic, mm-hmm. or you can tune in live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Ish. Ish. We usually get up get it up around 8 p.m. So. Well, uh, hey. uh, between, oh. between, 8, between 8 and 8.30. I mean, that's really the... You know, if we're not up by 8.30, something happened, but, you know, tune in around 8, 8.15, check us out. And if you do, please chat with us online. We figured out now how I can get to the chat room without slowing my web down. Very and nice. I noticed something, Joey. Uh, I have live stream paused while I'm talking. Yeah. But even though I have it paused, every now and then it changes the screen capture. Oh. <laughs> so every now, I, I get different facial expressions of myself. Right now, the one up right now is this. <laughs> <laughs> Which I hope is the still for when they visit the live stream website and, and for the Prometheus uh, episode. So, all right. Uh, any wisdom before the music runs out? Uh, uh, oh, wow. Um, uh, no. You got like 15 seconds. 15 seconds? If your car gets struck by lightning, don't tell your insurance company. <laughs> and on they that won't note, they won't believe you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye bye.